Hello, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> Uncensored. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2019 in the fighting game community. Shoutouts to Nathan here who decided to climb onto my table right when the show started. What's going on? Sorry, I couldn't get this thing resized. I was trying to make it go up the whole thing, but you know, that's the way it works. But welcome everybody to a brand new year of twitch.tv slash jchenzord. Now, before we get started with the Unchenzord episode, uh, the first thing I want to mention is that uh, the reason why I'm calling it twitch.tv slash Jay Chenzor right now is because um, one of the major changes that's going to be happening to my channel this year is that uh, I'm go wow really I'm going to be changing the name of the channel uh, from the Chen Dynasty to something else uh, just for uh, purposes obviously I haven't updated the Mubot yet but it will not be called the Chen Dynasty. I have to update all the graphics and everything like that. But uh, at some point in time... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This poster's too low. I need to fix that. I need to fix that. So uh, I'm not sure what to call it yet. I'm thinking about calling it like uh, the Delta Chen Squad or the Delta Chen Dynasty. There's reasons that I need to change the name. There's already a very popular YouTube channel out there uh, called the Chen Dynasty with like 400,000 followers and stuff so uh probably not a good idea for me to leave it that name right now so uh oh yeah don't worry kenny i already retweeted it uh yes the 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 maybe i should just call it chen and cats as a j chenzor and company or something like that so uh but i'll figure out something uh like i said due to the uh cami nature of the logo i may just call the the Delta Chen squad, and probably just go with that, uh, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I just like rotating the cat. Rotating the cat. So yeah, I might just call it the Delta Chen squad or something like that, just to kind of keep up with the... No, 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 kitty. Don't rub your face on all the audio knobs and everything like that. So the cat is trying to rub his face on this right here and that would not be good but uh this is the start of a new year i am going to be trying to stream a lot more i say that every year but uh i want you guys out there to definite no no kitty don't <laughs> i want you guys out there to keep me honest with that i definitely want to stream as much as i can this year i'm going to try to do a lot more content I'm going to try to make a lot more YouTube content exclusive to YouTube content instead of uh, just putting this stuff here over there. So because uh, I've really kind of figured out that YouTube content and uh, Twitch content is very different. So uh, I'm definitely going to make a lot of changes this year. They'll roll out during the course of the year. Um, so uh, at some point in time, we will see a new name for the channel, etc., etc. It will no longer be the Chen Dynasty. It will be something else. But, however, that doesn't mean Unchenzord is changing at all. Unchenzord is remaining the same. Unchenzord is going to be the same. And what is Unchenzord? If you guys aren't actually used to Unchenzord, uh, this is basically where I kind of rant about things uh, with uh, potentially not safe for work language. The whole point of Unchenzord is that this is my 
Time to have unfiltered. Oh, shout outs to Boats and Joes for the donation. Thank you. Uh, but it is my moment basically to kind of air out my thoughts, have my opinions. And the one most important thing about the Chen Dynasty is that, I mean, sorry, about Unchenzord is that Unchenzord is my thoughts and my thoughts alone. So these are all my opinions. So today, to begin the year, so uh, a little bit of history of State of the Union kind of uh, posts. Uh, a long time ago, I used to have a blog. Uh, I do not write to the blog anymore. But what I would do is after every Evo, I would write a blog post that was kind of a state of the FGC blog in which I would talk about all the different communities that were at Evo and talk about where I kind of thought they were at and the situation that they're in, etc., etc. Last year, I brought that back. I did one stream. I didn't put it on YouTube. I just had it, and then it just kind of went away. But this year, I'm going to try to keep doing that, and I figure it's a good way to start 2019. So let's go ahead and get started with that. Today is going to be the first Unchenzord of season uh, eight, technically. Obviously, uh, my channel hasn't been going that long, but we've been going along with the Ultra Chen number, so this is season eight. So, oh yeah, so Master PPV even remembers reading the one from 2007. Dang, that's crazy. Nice. Long time ago, long time ago. But, so that's basically what I'm going to try to do, but instead of blog form, it is going to be in Twitch form. And so that is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about what, in my opinion, is the current state of the fighting game community. And, God, this cat is, look, look at this cat. He is just, oh. So let's go ahead and get started. I look like I'm about to destroy Inspector Gadget. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Oops, sorry. <laughs> next time. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Let us talk about the fighting game community in what I expect to come from 2019. Now, uh, there have been many, many years now that people have been talking about esports. There's a lot of people have been talking about how things are growing. Esports is the next big thing. We're all right in there. Um, the interesting thing about it is, is that I'm actually starting to reach a point where I feel like esports is really starting to overpromise things. I'm really starting to get to a point where I feel like esports is not all that it's cracked up to be, and it's going to cause a lot of issues here. David and I had an episode of the Tuesday show where we did talk about the potential of the FGC bubble bursting, and I feel like we're kind of reaching a very, very interesting turning point uh, in the FGC this year. Every year, everybody said, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. And uh, for the first time in a long time, I'm actually kind of more pessimistic on that. In fact, I feel like 2019 is going to be a telling year on exactly where we go because I feel like right now the FGC is in a really precarious position right now. 
Uh, there's a lot of uncertainties in the FGC right now, and we are in kind of a, an interesting position where we're not sure how we're going to grow at this point. You'll see this as I go through that uh, every game. Like, there's like no game right now, in my opinion, that is uh, something we can look at and go, yeah, yeah, and be hopeful. I feel like every game right now has this weird dark cloud hanging over it, and it's a it's a weird situation right now. So let's let's talk about this a little bit. I, I talked a little bit about the overpromising of esports, and you know we've seen this already with uh you know in the past, companies like MLG sitting there going, oh yeah, esports is the next big thing, and then when Activision bought them. You know, it turned out that MLG was million dollars in debt or something. I don't remember the exact number, but, you know, basically the uh, venture capitalists were not getting their money back in terms of investing in esports. I feel like we've seen similar things this year. You know, the, the turnaround with Echo Fox, for example, I feel like is a big example of that. I have a funny feeling Echo Fox, like any other esports company out there, had a bunch of people come and invest in it. And then all of a sudden, um, uh, basically, their venture capitalists were like, wait a minute, how are you making money with this team? And nobody really knows the answer to that, right? No one really knows how to make money on esports right now. And so what happened is the venture capitalists probably bailed and then they had to drop a bunch of players. And now we're in this position here where there's only what, like three or four players? I think there's like four fighting game players left on Echo Fox when they originally had like 10 or something like that. It was, it was pretty wild, but we're kind of go into an interesting situation. And yeah, and Naughty Senpai, we'll talk about that. We'll get into there. We'll get into that point at some time. But, you know, the interesting thing about it is I feel like, you know, the FGC is a little bit sheltered, a little bit protected from this esports problem because the FGC at roots at its root has always been grassroots, right? It's always been grassroots. No matter what happens to esports, you can't take away Evo, right? You can't take away events like Combo Breaker. You can't take away events like CEO. You can't take away events, you know, such as Frosty Faustings, which is coming up very soon, you know, uh, you know, grassroots kind of events like that. You can't take those away because those events take care of themselves. They're self-funded. So no matter what happens, the FGC will continue to survive. The question is now is, can the FGC continue to grow at a point where we can be a real industry where everybody can actually survive off of this, like actually make this a career, live off of this kind of thing. And I'm not just talking commentators, I'm talking about streamers, I'm talking about TOs and players and content producers, etc, etc. Can the fighting game community sustain that? And I don't know if that's actually going to happen anytime soon. Uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, if you asked me if we are going to be where we're at, I would have laughed at you and said, no way, because there's no way we would have grown that take grown that fast because it takes forever. We grew a lot faster than we thought. We're at a position now where we're in the Mandalay Bay arena. We have, we've been on TNT. We've been, oh, I'm sorry, we've been on TBS. We've been on ESPN. So a lot of good things happening here, but at the same time, it all feels kind of like a flash in the pan. It feels like we're kind of still sinking right now. And it's a little... It is a little worrisome to me, to be honest with you. So, you know, this year is going to be a very telling year. Is the FTC 
going to be able to survive off of its own merits and continue to grow without kind of relying on a lot of this esports stuff going, you know. And and some people in the chat mention, you know, Heroes of the Storm, how esports just ended that. But you know, again, if Heroes of the Storm has a strong enough grassroots community, they'll be fine. And that is the nice thing about the fighting game community is that we have such a strong grassroots community. I don't think uh, it'll be such a terrible thing. So. Uh, Nutacon asks me in the chat, how does doing fighting game full-time feel for me personally this past year versus when you started a few years ago? I was planning to talk about this in another stream, in a personal state of James Chen stream, but just as a preview of that, last year uh, I made less money last year than the year before that by a good amount and had far more expenses than I had to pay last year. So needless to say, Things aren't going great, okay? Things are not going particularly well in the land of esports. And that's honestly because there is not a lot of money in, in the fighting game community. Now, the question is, is esports making money? Of course esports is making money. Who's making the money? Like, the 1%. It's the same thing as just anything in the world. It's like the, 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 the rich get richer and like nothing can spread down. There is no trickle down kind of, uh, you know, profits in the, in esports right now. I think that's the hardest thing about it. It's, it's, it's actually kind of tough, uh, for everybody. So continuing forward with this concept of the FGC bubble, one of the reasons why I'm concerned is because every fighting game is kind of in a very precarious position. I mentioned this and I'm going to go through every game one by one and, and, and talk about this. And I feel like something kind of has to change. Something has to change. Something has to grow. Something people, I don't know if it's just people have to worry, uh, if people have to be more willing, I'm sorry, to spend more money to, you know, get their content in the fighting game community. Because one of the toughest things about Twitch, one of the toughest things about FGC is because we're grassroots, there's kind of this very uh, common concept that, you know, a lot of things are free, right? You get streams for free, you get all this content for free, uh, donations, subscriptions, that kind of stuff, sponsorships. They're not particularly strong in the fighting game community. It's kind of one of the things that we need to grow. And yes, MK11, I will talk about that in a little bit as well. And yeah, Spike2501, he says, most fighting games just aren't play, fun to play for people who aren't already dedicated to them. Exactly. And that's stuff that I want to help address as well. So there's a lot of things to talk about, and I'll probably do that in future Uncensored streams. But for now, uh, let's, let's just talk about the games one by one. Again, uh, this is something that I've done, so I've already kind of given my overview. I think the fighting game community is in an interesting position. So let's talk about these games in a categories, okay? So let's talk about, for example, what I like to call the big four, okay? Let's talk about the current big four. And we're going to start with Street Fighter V which just released its uh, fourth season. Now, this is an interesting game. This is an interesting situation here because Street Fighter V currently is still probably the biggest game 
in the fighting game community right now. Uh, it's not necessarily, you know, the most viewed. It might not be the most popular in terms of like people like the gameplay or whatever like that. But again, I've mentioned this many times in previous Uncensored episodes. Street Fighter V will always have a distinct advantage because of its pop culture uh, it's it's purveyance into the pop culture. It's always going to be one of the strongest things. There's only one other game that has that strength. Two games, technically. Uh, this other game is Mortal Kombat. So it's always Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Those are always the two games that have the kind of... Uh, you know, ability, they've already succeeded in getting into pop culture. People remember Scorpion and get over here. People always remember Aruken and, and ha 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 Chun-Li kind of things like that, right? So these are the characters that people remember. When I travel and I take a bunch of lifts and Ubers and taxis, every time I say I'm here for fighting games, I'm here for Street Fighter, everybody always remembers. There's I don't think there's been a single person, regardless of age, that has said, what Street Fighter? We even had one Uber driver mention Street Fighter to us before we, he even knew we were there for fighting games. <laughs> so Street Fighter is the only game that has, that and Mortal Kombat are the only two games that have really gotten into mainstream culture. So that's always going to be their advantage. So Street Fighter is always going to be in this position where it's kind of king of the roost for a while. Now, that is very tentative now, right? Because obviously, let's just talk about this. Street Fighter V gameplay has not been the strongest, right? A lot of people have been frustrated with Street Fighter V. A lot of people complain about Street Fighter V. It's almost kind of become the meme to shit on Street Fighter V at this point in time. People just like to be mean about it and say everybody hates it even though there's a lot of people out there who actually enjoy playing it. You just can't tell because the people who hate the game are significantly louder. Now that's not to say though that the people who are complaining don't have a point. They absolutely have a point. Trust me, I, the previous Uncensored that I did was just all about how I would like to see Street Fighter V uh, fixed. Right? I have problems with Street Fighter V as well. Now. The interesting thing about Street Fighter V is that I was hoping for a major change in Season 4 because the problem with it is right now is that Street Fighter V is Street Fighter V is Street Fighter V. No matter what happens to the game, it's not going to change anybody's mind at this point in time. The game is entering its fourth year and the biggest problem with it right now is that I don't think it's necessarily the gameplay that's bad in Street Fighter V. I think it's the game design that's bad. So a lot of people complain about Street Fighter V in terms of it's all just guessing games. Once you knock them down, guess what? Every fighting game is all about guessing games, right? Oh, you know what? It's just, you know, there's, it's, it's, there's, you know, they have a lot of complaints about it, but the thing about it is the game just doesn't make you feel good about the guessing games, right? There's just no point in time where you feel like you're smart when you do convince the opponent not to hit a button, et cetera, et cetera. It feels bad. Like there's very little about the game that makes you feel good, right? So there's no parries. 
There's no uppercutting guile crouch medium kicks with invincible uppercuts. There's no style combos. You can't style on anybody with combos. And so you end up in this situation, and again, I've talked about this in the previous Unchensored, where the game doesn't make the player themselves feel good. So even though you're playing and winning or losing, no matter which way you go, you're just not having a ton of fun with it. Now, Season 4 came out. They didn't change any of that. It's going to be the exact same thing. So whatever you thought of Street Fighter V before, it's going to be the exact same thing. And that, to me, is kind of a problem. I'm sad about that because I really wanted a major change in the game to kind of sh shake things up a little bit. Now, having said that, Season 4 patch came out, and interestingly enough, I actually think this is the most thoughtful season patch that Street Fighter has made between seasons, right? Between season one and two, two and three, and now three and four. I actually feel like this is kind of a really good patch because I feel like there's a lot of good changes in there. I feel like characters like Alex and Fong are gonna be much better. A lot of the low tier characters definitely got a lot of love. And I feel like there's a lot of, you know, uh, potential in this. I feel like next season, this coming season, we're gonna see a huge increase in character variety and I'm and I'm happy with that some of the top tiers got nerfed a little bit etc etc so I'm actually really excited about Street Fighter 4 the problem is I'm sorry I'm excited for Street Fighter 5 season, season 4 the problem is it's just not going to change enough for anybody who doesn't care about Street Fighter to care and there's also some weird problems, let's t let, like with Ryu and Ken, right? Like, why did they get nerfed all of a sudden? Like, well, I just don't feel like Ryu got buffed enough. Some people do think he did get buffed, but Ken, I don't know what the hell they did to Ken. I don't know why Ken got nerfed. It's a mystery to me, and I think it's very, very sad. Now, um, the other thing about Street Fighter V, obviously, that's always going to be a problem, is the net code. I just don't understand the netcode situation. Like, to me, that should absolutely be the priority of the game. The netcode should be absolutely what you should be fixing. Like, that should be number one. Like, let's not talk about Monat loot boxes. Let's not talk about any of this stuff. Let's talk about the netcode for Street Fighter V. Now, in my personal experience, someone actually asks, is the net code worse than Tekken 7? It's hard to say. I've had bad experiences in both and good experiences in both. Um, online play in fighting games is just terrible in general. But here's the thing. The net code in Street Fighter V is bad enough that everybody complains about it. And every time people try to play it, it's awful. And so that's all you hear people talk about. So if you want people to get into the game and play your game, that's the number one thing that you got to fix because that's like the whole game. That's like the whole game, right? You've got to get to the point where you make it so that people are having fun at least playing the game online and less people are complaining about it. You always see these streamers that are like, I can't do this anymore, man. I can't play this game online. It just doesn't work. And they get frustrated. So the online is definitely a problem. Now, is it worse necessarily than other games? Look, like I said, I've had terrible experiences in most fighting games. There's definitely a few standouts, but I've had terrible experience in most fighting games. But for the most part, you got to fix netcode because it was, uh, it is 
one of those situations where fixing the net code buys goodwill. You're literally buying goodwill. And Street Fighter has been really bad at that so far. So, okay, so that's another issue with Street Fighter V. The next concern with Street Fighter V is what the heck happened to Season 4? <laughs> like, we got Kage, but where's everybody else? Right? Where, what, what, what happened? We, we just went from season three reveal where they're like, here's all six characters to expect. And they all came out after Evo and we had this great season. And then all of a sudden here in season four, they're like, here's Kage. And that's it. That's it. So like, I'm so confused by that. I'm really, really confused by that. Like, I don't know why they're not actually getting us any more information. Now, my theory, my theory on this now, okay, this is an official tin foil hat segment, okay, okay, so this is going to be official tin foil hat segment here. So when I'm wearing this, don't take anything I say with, uh, take everything I say with a grain of salt, okay? You don't want to know how long it took me to make this damn hat. Okay, but this is my theory right now, okay, is that they are probably going to try to make Street Fighter... Oh, I, you know what? I didn't make this hat with the headset in mind. I have to wrap this around the headset. There we go. I did not... I did, I, I'm, I'm expecting they're going to try to do Season 4 as a free play, as a free play option. That's my theory because the loot boxes, the ads, by the way, the ads are terrible and that, that is not how you buy goodwill by making ads giving you 12 fight money per fight, okay? So I, I feel like they're trying to go to this free play system and they've been working on it with the loot boxes, with the ad system, with all these other things. So I feel like season four is going to be announced with a free to play system, right? And so that's kind of my theory. And if they decide to try to do a free to play thing, I think that's fine. I think that's fine, right? I'm okay with a free-to-play system here because a lot of people are like, well, what about all the people who have spent money to buy the game already? Well, not all the characters are going to be available if they do a free-to-play system. They'll probably try to do it like League of Legends, right? So they'll probably try to make it so that only some characters are available at a time. Right, And if that's the case, then, then that would make sense. And that's why buying the game, that makes it so that everybody who has bought season passes and stuff like that won't feel like they're screwed. And interestingly enough, oh, the, the, the ads. Yeah, I picked the ad style. I was trying to show my friends the ads and they were all gone. So I, I, it was weird to me. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't actually see the ads anymore. But here's an, okay, you know what? Adding to the tinfoil hat theory. I'm not done with the tinfoil hat theory just yet, right? Let's think about this for a second. What if, what if Street Fighter V is free to play and it always has Ryu and Ken available at all times? So it's Ryu and Ken available and then every other character rotates, right? Every other character rotates. But Ryu and Ken are available the whole time and that's why they're scared to buff them. Maybe that's why they're scared to make Ryu and Ken super good is because they're trying to make sure the characters who are free are only average so people will want to try to get the other characters. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. See, there, there's some tinfoil hat stuff going on. But <laughs> in any case, uh, some people are talking about Killer Instinct. Sure enough, Killer Instinct did free to play and it didn't work. That wasn't Killer Instinct's fault.
That was the Xbox One's fault, okay? Killer Instinct was on the Xbox One. It was doomed to fail from the very beginning because the Xbox One, we won't get into that. Dead or Alive 5 did free-to-play, and they actually succeeded pretty well. They lasted well. They made a lot of money selling a bunch of costumes, so I think that would actually work, right? So uh, KI did eventually come out on Steam kind of too late. It was on Windows uh, it was on the Windows gaming platform, whatever the hell that was at first. And then it finally made it to Steam too little too late. Really, really uh, just unfortunate situation for KI. Really, really sad for that game because it definitely could have done a lot more. But you look at a game like Brawlhalla, Brawlhalla, which is free to play. And Brawlhalla actually has a lot of people playing that game, okay? They just had a tournament where they gave away like $25,000 or something like that. It might have even been more than that, okay? But Brawlhalla is a free to play game. Seems to be doing great. So there's definitely a precedent for that model. So if Street Fighter V goes in that direction, it'll be interesting. Again, all of this stuff that's happening for Street Fighter V right now, I personally feel like is experimenting for Street Fighter VI. Whatever they're trying to do right now, they're trying to find out if it's going to work for Street Fighter VI. Because I'll be damned if they're not thinking, at least thinking about Street Fighter VI or trying to make a new Street Fighter VI. Because of the fact that I just feel like Street Fighter V just has this gray cloud hovering over it. I feel like there's just so much that's... All negativity surrounding the game already and um, you know I don't think that's gonna hurt necessarily its views I don't think it's gonna hurt the amount of people playing the game this coming year I think it's gonna be the same as before uh, but the point is you want to increase those numbers right if you aren't increasing those numbers you aren't doing your job and I don't know if Street Fighter 5 can necessarily increase the audience at this point in time when if you tune into Evo and you watch Street Fighter 5 and you're like, wow, these players are awesome. This storyline is cool. Let me go online and check out what content people have out there. And all you do is hear people saying, this netcode sucks. Man, I hate this game. Man, this, you know, it's just a guessing game. Oh man, why does Falk look so ugly? Oh my God, they can't do, oh, can't. like if you go online and see all that stuff, it's just, it's just not going to work it's just not going to work at all so for me street fighter 5 is just kind of in a main maintenance position right now i don't think it's gonna do anything crazy uh the cpt is there's a lot of questions with cpt justin wong just released a video where he talked about a lot of the things that he'd like to change see change in cpt i'll save that for another video because i need to get through a ton of ton ass games here so i'll get into that at some point in time so shout outs to tender torture i should change that uh subscription to be like a different face so you create a different face on my head every time so <laughs> actually kind of be funny um but for me personally, I'm kind of excited for uh, Season 4 because I think we're going to get some good character variety. Ryu definitely was buffed a little bit, so I think uh, uh, you know, Ryu's going to be in there, Falk's going to be in there, Alex is going to be there, we're going to see a lot more Fangs, Chun-Li is going to be in there. There's just going to be a lot of really, I just think the character variety is going to be cool. I don't think that there's going to be as many bandwagon characters anymore. I think we're going to see a lot less camis, and that makes me excited. So I, I'm just really excited that we're going to probably see maybe the best character variety that we've seen, unless one character like Alex all of a sudden comes out as being OP or whatever like that. And I personally never thought Alex was bad, okay? 
I always thought he was just weak, but not like bottom tier. So now I think he's just really freaking scary because uh, he still had robbery, right? So Alex still had the ability to rob you. He had a robbery V-trigger. And as Vi said, there's two things that you, your character has to have in order to be top tier is good buttons and a robbery V-trigger. And I felt like Alex had the robbery V-trigger, so I didn't feel like he was awful. But I know everyone's gonna disagree with me on that one, but he's buff now and he is going to be very, 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 very scary. Okay. Enough about Street Fighter V. Summary of Street Fighter V. I feel like it's in maintenance mode. I'm excited for Street uh, for Season 4. But if they don't fix the net code, come on guys, please fix the net code. Fix the net code. Please fix the net code. Okay. Next game in my list here is Tekken 7. Tekken 7 is an interesting situation here because prior to like a month ago... Oh yeah, 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 that's right. The arcade machines... Uh, for Japan might be interesting, but I'm curious if that's actually going to happen. But in any case, uh, it'll help the scene in Japan. Won't change anything in the U.S. Now, here's the interesting thing about Tekken 7. Tekken 7, right? Tekken 7, up until a month ago, to me, was the golden child. It was just like the flawless situation. It was like the game. It was like the hot game. Shoutouts to Breezy Die for the bits. Uh, quarters up. Um, Tekken 7 has had such a great year. Like the, 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 the tournaments were awesome. The, the storylines are great. The gameplay is awesome. The DLC characters are crazy. Season 2 was really well done. And then they announced all these new characters. We just got Anna and Lei. We're talking about Negan, Julius. We just got Armor King and Marduk. Dude, it's just like there is just awesomeness. And the game is so much fun to watch. It's just, it's getting so much good press. Everybody who, who, who plays the game loves it. Everyone who watches it loves it. You know, there's obviously one small weakness in Tekken 7 is the game doesn't do a good enough job teaching you how to play. But a lot of the players out there... A lot of the content producers out there, there's a ton of Tekken content producers with like Spaghetti Rip and like Novotaki and, and um, uh, Blasted Salami and uh, Level Up Your Game, Eris, Avoiding the Puddle, of course. Uh, just a ton of people. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, shoot. Uh, there's, um, is it Boxer King? There's just so many people making content out there for Tekken 7 that, you know, you can learn if you go and do the research enough, right? So Tekken 7 is in this really great, it's a beautiful game. So, so, so beautiful game. And then JDCR is making content now, etc., etc., etc. Everything is going great for Tekken 7. And then there was the prize pool for Tekken World Tour. Now, this is the hardest part for Tekken right here is that, you know, $7,000 was the prize money for Tekken World Tour. And that's not any, that's not a small amount of money. That's a great amount of money, right? I mean, winning $7,000 for playing video games is awesome, right? That's great. I couldn't win $7,000 for fighting games when I was in my prime, right? So that's actually really, really cool. However, when you look at what the players are going through to 
play in this event, traveling all over the place. The fact that two of the best players, JDCR and Saint, got dropped by Echo Fox, and again, that goes back to the, you know, esports over-promising kind of thing, and there's, you see the negative effects of that. Uh, it's really, really tough. And a lot, and some people are, uh, you know, saying in the chat that it was a slap in the face, you know, that, you know, there's just like, it's, it's, it's a tough situation for the players. Now, again, you know, you can't really look the gift horse in the mouth. $7 is still better than nothing. But those guys are spending all their time traveling, doing a lot of work to the point where it's actually not worth it for them to travel to the point. And again, I'm not saying this because this is my opinion. I'm saying this because there are actually top players out there who have said that they don't think they can do this next year. They literally said that we don't think we can do this next year for the Tekken World Tour. If the grand prize is $7,000, I can't justify spending all this time and working for the goal of $7,000, especially when you go and look at Capcom's side and there's $250,000, which is a life-changing amount of money for a lot of people, right? That is a that is that is something that you can strive for and if you win that that's thing that's really 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 cool now now am i going to blame bandai namco no i'm not going to blame bandai namco and i've had people yell at me about this before they're like I'm like, look, $7,000 is, you know, what they had assigned. And everyone's like, look, come on, James. Obviously, Bandai Namco has a lot more money. They can give more than $7,000 for the grand prize. Come on, James. Let's be real about that. And you know what? The answer is, you're right. Bandai Namco probably could give more money for it, but... The problem is, none of you people who are saying that out there knows how a company works at all okay let's get into the real world here instead of in your fantasy world where bandai namco is a human being with this giant stack of money on his desk and going hmm 7k is too small mm, grab a couple of stacks here's a bunch of stacks give them that money Woohoo! and then all the problems are solved that's not how things work, dude. That's just not how companies work. It's budgeting, it's approval, it's all this stuff. You've already planned this from the head. Look, I've worked at a company before where they forced everybody to take vacation over a week so that they could take the vacation money stories that they had and slide it into their profits, okay? Look, companies are weird. Things are really, really weird when it comes to company right companies out there and yes yeah, some people are like it's literally a rounding error for a company that size but it's too late they've already established all this stuff and if nobody six months earlier brought it up that maybe we should get more money then the process that it goes through to actually approve of that much more money wasn't going to happen in time for the Tekken World Tour. Now, having said that, guess who's in charge of the Tekken World Tour right now? Tekken Esports, Bandai Namco Esports, it's Harada. Harada has now been put in charge. He just announced this recently. I have a funny feeling that Harada is gonna change things, okay? If the Tekken World Tour gets announced next year, Harada's gonna be like, no, no, motherfuckers, we are not giving $7,000 to first place. 
you are going to budget this much more money because this Tekken World Tour is doing more for our game than any sort of other kind of advertising that's going on there that we can do for this game. And it's creating this longevity for our game that doesn't exist. We are going to put in a little bit more prize money to this game, right? So if Harada can pull that off, bless be in Harada we trust, if he can do that, then we are in a great position. Then Tekken 7 is primed next year to be in a great, great, great position. However, chances of that, it's going to be really hard. Okay, it's really hard. You don't understand how companies work, let alone Japanese companies. If you think Japanese companies are like, huh, let me go ahead and invest money into something that I will never see direct returns from and that I have trouble measuring in a quantitative way that will show that it is giving me money back. That is a great idea. Let me throw this money into the ocean, right? That's really, really, really tough to do, right? So if Harada can't convince them, Tekken is in a bad position, right? So there is definitely two sides of the story right now. It is either our Lord and Savior Harada is going to manage to get us more money for the Tekken World Tour. And if that's the case, it is sky's the limit for Tekken at that point in time. If Harada cannot convince the, 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 the suits at Bandai Namco to up the prize money a significant amount, then Tekken 7 will probably taper off because it's always going to be about the players. The reason why we care about fighting games is always going to be because of the players. I don't care what anybody says. It's the players that make the fighting game. The fact that JDCR Saint, Kudans, Ni, uh, Rangchu, John Ding, you know, Dimeback, all these awesome sort of little Majin, all these like crazy stories going on there, Cuddlecore, you know, all these awesome storylines that have been going out through the year is what keeps us interested. Street Fighter V has the advantage of having the pedigree of stories that everybody's playing it. Shoutouts to Radaka for adding funds to the Chen Dynasty. Much, much appreciated, sir. But it's always going to be the players. Why did Dragon Ball jump out of the gate? It was because of Goichi and Sonic Fox, right? Goichi and Sonic Fox literally just gave the, like, gave Dragon Ball Fighters such a running start. And it was awesome to see. It's always going to be the players that are going to make the difference. If Tekken cannot provide the funds to make the players feel like it's worth spending an entire year fighting for the Tekken World Championships and they leave, that hurts Tekken because we're hurting our storylines. We're losing a lot of the storylines. So Tekken won't die, like OG Geek says in the chat. People will still play, or play it and all that stuff like that, but we just won't get the crazy Tekken World Tour storylines. And that's what the World Tours actually do really well, is they give us good storylines that we can tell throughout the year. Now, granted, us commentators haven't been doing a, a great job at telling that story, and we need to fix that, and that is definitely something David and I have talked about, and David has done a lot of work you know, he always makes sure he brings his tablet with all the standings and everything like that. We need to do a better job telling these stories as commentators. But regardless of that, uh, you know, the storylines are always one of the most uh, uh, compelling parts of a fighting game. It's always going to be about the players. 
I don't care what anybody says. It's always going to be about the players. The players make it far more interesting than the game ever will be. And that's what's interesting about the fighting game community. You know, uh, you know, uh, someone, who was it that put out the tweet? It was Mark Cuban who said that one of the biggest problems with esports is that the game always changes. That games get old and they go away. Now, we've had stuff like CSGO and League of Legends lasting for a while, but they could go by the wayside. The nice thing about the fighting game community is that we're already used to that, so the fighting game community, by relying on the fighting game community and not just this one game, we won't have that problem, so I'm not worried about that kind of thing. But you'll always see that if a game comes out, if Sonic Fox and Goichi, if Justin Wong and Daigo become the two best players in in you know Yi-R Kung Fu the remake, you know, if that kind of stuff happens, the game will always succeed because in the fighting game community, it's going to be about our players more than anything, anything else. So in my opinion, uh, not having the prize money for Tekken is a problem. So uh, for me, sum up Tekken 7 situation right now. Tekken 7 is just at the point right now where, dude, Year Kung Fu is the game that I want to make. I want to make a Year Kung Fu reboot, 100%. If someone let me make a Year Kung Fu reboot, I would be so hyped. I would be so excited for that. Um, just get Tanfa and like, how would you make Fetal play? That'd be really interesting. Instead of having a life meter, you would just have a, a number of fetals. And like they would just get hit and fly away, and then you would have to send out another fetal. It would be really interesting. <laughs> Any case, uh, Tekken Seven is at, at at this point the sky's the limit for Tekken Seven. Is if we can take care of it from a prize money standpoint, it will skyrocket. It will get to this point because it is an amazing product. It's so good, and if they can also do some work on making it uh, so that there's better ways to teach players how to play Tekken Seven. I think Tekken 7 will be in a fantastic position and you know Tekken 7 has been the fighting game of the year for me personally for like the past two or three years I think it is and it shows right it shows the care shows it looks like the devs care soon as they found out they had the Unreal Engine input lag they fixed it right away right so like those are the kind of things that is buying goodwill right and uh, I heard they fixed the netcode a little bit. The netcode has been still kind of dodgy when I play it online a little bit. But, you know, hopefully they continue to do a lot of things that help Tekken 7 grow. I mean, they, they've been trying to do things for beginners, like putting in those weird extra combo buttons, you know, so that you can hit the, the combo button one, combo button two, and they're almost always... Uh, they, they can almost always combo into each other. So Kimura, T. Kimura says, I'm going to try to say the devs for SF5 don't care compared 2016 to 2018. No, of course they care. I am never at a point where I would think that the devs don't care. Right? The devs are always going to care. The problem is, what is their goal, right? So for me right now in Street Fighter V, their goal, you know, should be to fix the netcode, should be to fix... Falk and Sakura's animation should be to fix Ken's face and Alex's legs and all the clipping and all the graphics and stuff like that because that buys goodwill, okay? That'll buy goodwill from players. That's what they should be fixing right now. But in my opinion, they're really trying to set up something for this free-to-play stuff. So it's a very, very different kind of story 
that's going on with that game. They're, they're definitely trying something. They're setting something up. And again, tinfoil hat, I think it's a free, free to play situation. I, that's how I feel it is. And so the higher ups are definitely doing something and telling them, no, you can't work on this. I need you to develop this because we need to make more money. <laughs> so that's my situation. In any case, Tekken 7, again, great game, great situation. I hopes, I have a lot of hope for this game. And please, Harada, I know we can't ask you for shit, but if you can somehow, as the new manager of Bandai Namco Esports, get some higher prize money and announce that right away, that would just be like all of a sudden, boom, and Tekken 7 will be off in 2019 and everything will be great. And I will be super, super excited for Tekken 7. And, and honestly, uh, I, if that happens, Tekken 7, in my opinion, is kind of the place to be. I feel like that's kind of where you want to be in terms of playing a game that's really fun and feels rewarding and has a lot of things that make you feel cool about yourself. So, hey, no problem, JGB. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Uh, let's talk about uh, game number three of the big four. Let's talk about Dragon Ball Fighters. Okay, this is an interesting one for me because obviously we've already seen some interesting problems with this game, right? So, one, it's, it's big, it's popular right now, a lot of people playing it. Like I said, I attribute that more to the IP and the players playing the game. Look, I'll just be frank with you right now, the game doesn't particularly excite me personally right now, so I have some personal biases against Dragon Ball. I'm just, I don't know, the game, the game doesn't do it for me, okay? The game doesn't do it for me, right? But that's not the issue right now. The issue is obviously this rights situation where we don't know if it's Toei, we don't know if it's uh, the other company, um, I don't remember what it's called, I don't know if it's the Toriyama company, I don't know what's happening, but the fact that, uh, that Dragon Ball has been Shueisha, Shueisha, okay. Uh, the fact that, uh, Dragon Ball has been removed from DreamHack Montreal, it has been removed from Anime Ascension, it's not at Evil Japan. These are all bad signs. These are all very, very bad signs, okay? So we are any problem, and I'm, I'm, look, I'm just gonna say this, but this is why I was always worried about Dragon Ball. A lot of people didn't understand that after Evo 2018 and, and Dragon Ball had the most views, everyone came up to me and was like, see, Dragon Ball's bigger than Street Fighter V. Street Fighter V is blah, it's like whatever, it's the new king of the hill. And I'm like, oh, I just don't know what to say to you because like I just didn't want to say anything but I really was worried about this I was really worried about this kind of situation because this is what we went through with Marvel this is what we went through with Marvel is when you don't control the IP it's a problem this immediately came into my head the very first time they announced that fighting games or esports might join the Olympics and the first thing that kind of came into my head was Dragon Ball at the Olympics. 
and immediately everything fell apart for me because I just don't think that what's that's what's gonna happen. Like I, I just saw all these roadblocks. Like I don't understand. I don't feel like that could have been a possible marriage, right? And so I just felt like there was going to be things that are gonna hold back Dragon Ball in that department is because of that. And I feel like we're kind of seeing that right now. And it scares me and it's a problem and it's gonna hurt Dragon Ball in the long run. Now again, Dragon Ball, still a lot of great storylines. Sonic Fox, Goichi, now Kazunoko is in the mix and everything. The Hook Gang God story. All these things, all these players out there are doing great things with this game. And and, and honestly, uh, you know, there, there are people out there who just love this game. Like I've talked to players before and they're like, this is the most fun I've had with a fighting game that I've ever played in my life. And like I said, it's not for me, but I can't begrudge those people and I absolutely believe them and I absolutely think that the game has that capability, right? Again, it's hard for me not to talk about this game without me accidentally painting my own feelings into this. Uh, which is unfortunate. So I apologize to the Dragon Ball fans out there, the Dragon Ball Fighters fans out there uh, who are watching this right now and being like, what the hell's wrong with you, James? Blah, blah, blah. Now, here's the situation, though. And um, again, theory time. So let's do the tinfoil hat again. This is now an official tinfoil hat segment. Tinfoil hat segment, segment, segment. So the thing that excites me about Dragon Ball Fighters right now is that it is developed by Arxis. Now, if Arxis has shown anything, is that they're kind of willing to do crazy things to their game sometimes, right? They're willing to try to change things up. And this being the first year franchise of Dragon Ball Fighters, I'm very very hopeful for Dragon Ball Fighter Season 2. Right now, I feel like the game is a little stale. I feel like there's a lot of flaws with the mechanics in the game. Like I said, no fighting game doesn't have flaws, okay? There, every fighting game has flaws. If you wanted me to go through this list and talk about the flaws of every fighting game, I could do that. The thing about, uh, about Dragon Ball right now is that it's one of the major ones, so I have to kind of talk about this from this standpoint. But if Arxis comes along in season two and everybody, and, and Arxis comes along and everybody changes and they add new system mechanics and they change this, they put a new defensive mechanic, they maybe add a burst system or something. If they come in here, make it so that characters die faster, that would be great. And I have so much faith that Arxis can do some great things for Dragon Ball Season 2. Because I'm sure they've learned a lot. They were creating a whole brand new system from scratch, keep in mind. So they had no idea how a lot of things were going to work. Even to the point where, I don't remember if it was a Dragon Ball director. It was a director of some game saying, watching the way Goichi defended and was able to block for like 30 seconds and not get hit by anything, including, you know, the, the, the super dashes and stuff like that. Or, or you know, the, was it the Dragon Rush? No, it was the Super Dragon Rush. Dragon Rushes. Like the fact that uh, they weren't, the able to break Goichi at all with anything, he says, you, it makes you rethink how you have to design the game because they literally didn't think any human could do that. But here's Goichi doing that, and so now they have to rethink the game, right? So, 
I think Arxis will come and do a great job with Season 2, and I think that will breathe a lot of life back into Dragon Ball. But again, the biggest problem with Dragon Ball is what's going to happen with the game? Is it only going to be allowed at Saga and Radar events? Is, are people going to be able to run the game at all? Is it even going to be at EVO this year? We have to find out these questions, otherwise we don't know. And if we don't know, uh, if we don't know, that's going to be a problem. I think that's going to be uh, a death knell for Dragon Ball. Because if it's not at EVO, if it's not at EVO Japan, like not being at EVO, Dragon Ball Fighters is not at EVO Japan. Dragon Ball Fighters is not at EVO Japan. Like that, to me, blows my mind. Like it's 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 frustrating to hear that. And again, I don't know. I don't think that this has much to do with Harada and Bandai Namco. I'm sure this is stemming from somebody else. So I'm pretty sure that's stemming from somebody else. So, ooh, the thumbnail, the thumbnail. Maybe I should leave this hat on so that it'll be on the thumbnail. No, actually, you know what I look like? I look like a pawn. That's what I look like. I look like I'm a pawn from like the game Sorry or something like that, right? Sorry. <laughs> oh, so Cuban's tweet was talking about player burnout. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it looks like a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> well then, Choi Sauce, you better just unwrap me and get all the sweet chocolate. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, anyways. Uh, so that's Dragon Ball. That's the situation with Dragon Balls. We need to figure out where uh, Dragon Ball... <laughs> we need to figure out where this game is going to go in terms of how Season 2 is going to show up and, um, how <laughs> and how, how it's going to be treated by the, the people at the higher up. Are, we, are they going to let us play or not? That's the question right there. That's the absolute question for that game. So let's talk about the last of the big four. And this is going to be an interesting one. There's actually a big five. There's actually a big five, but I'm breaking them in the categories. And this is this. So I'm breaking one of the games off to the side. And so let's talk about Injustice 2. Not, I know people are going to be out there. It's like, how is that a big four? No one plays Injustice anymore. Blah, 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 blah. That's because Injustice 2 really falls into the NRS realm. It really falls into the NRS realm. And so all you can really say about Injustice 2 is that everyone's just waiting for MK11, man. Everyone's just waiting for Mortal Kombat 11, okay? And, again, Mortal Kombat 11, we don't really know much about what's happening with Mortal Kombat 11. We don't know all the systems, all these crazy things. We'll find out soon. There's going to be the re reveal event on the 17th of this month, January. So... Uh, dude, you can't understand how hopeful I am for Mortal Kombat 11. Because if there's any developer out there right now that I feel like has the IP, the property, and the understanding of esports, it's NRS right now. Okay, because one, during the course of Mortal Kombat XL, they fixed the netcode. Their netcode is really good now, right? Uh, they're an American developed company, so they have the understanding of how esports works. Injustice 
and Mortal Kombat XL are amazing with one player content. And I could only imagine MK11 is going to be better. And if they can come up with new ways, and they're always trying, the whole injustice you know, system where you could send things to fight on your own. And my friend played like almost 100 hours of Injustice 2 without ever playing the game online. <laughs> he never fought against another person. He just played all of the cool content that was out there. He was, he just had fun with all of, all of the, 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 um, what was it called? The, the, what was that? The, 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 not the multiverse, the, 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 shoot, the, the name just escaped my head. If people in the chat can help me, uh, the whole online, uh, 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 you know, player system, they even created the guilds and all that stuff like that. They did such a great job. So I feel like MK11 has such a potential to be a huge, 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 amazing game for the FGC, for esports, for all these things out there. Now, uh, was it called the multiverse? I can't remember. Uh, so here's the thing, though. A couple of things need to be fixed with Mortal Kombat, right? Obviously, people are already talking about the animations, right? Animations need to be better, right? None of more of this leaning stuff when you punch, right? Don't don't make me punch like I'm punching over a fence. Like, please make sure that I step into my punches and stuff like that. Like, give me good animated attacks. The music needs to be improved. You need to get rid of restart match. That just needs to go away. You need to give me an actual KO screen instead of people falling over and standing up and falling down again and stuff like that, right? We need a lot of little subtle improvements like that. And I trust NRS to do these kind of things. The second interesting thing about Mortal Kombat, obviously that is a concern, is the violence, right? There is a pro there's, there's gonna be a concern about the violence. And this is gonna be an issue because it's gonna be the number one thing holding it back from becoming a full-fledged eSport because can you put this on ESPN? Hell no, it's way too graphic, dude. So, I mean like before, you know, the fatalities were like funny kind of like, oh, this is kind of hilarious and you laughed at it when it was sprites. But now some of these fatalities is like kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Now, I don't know if they have this planned. This is not a tinfoil hat thing, okay? This is definitely not a tinfoil hat thing because I don't think that this is actually happening, but I don't think a gore switch is enough. I don't think a gore switch is enough. I actually think, in my opinion, they need to make two games. I really, really honestly think they need to make two versions of the game. So that one is the regular version, maybe with the gore switch, and a version with no gore, right? Now here's the thing. So you make the version with the gore, no one will get mad at you because you have the version with the gore. You're not taking the gore away from anybody. And then you have to make the other version, the ungore version, the PG-13 version, right? The reason why for this, it's not the eSports edition. It is not the eSports edition. 
It is the addition that parents can buy their kids, okay? I'm being 100% straight up with you guys right now. The thing about it is if Mortal Kombat becomes as successful as an eSport as it could possibly get, and then everybody watches this and they're like, oh my God, I want to play Mortal Kombat. If the parents know how violent the game is, they're not going to get it for the kids, right? They're just not going to do it. The kids want the gore. Of course they want the gore. But the parents probably don't want it, and they're probably not going to get it for them. So I feel like they have to make a uh, goreless edition. I really, really feel like that that's what they got to do, right? So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> parents ruining things since 1992, since before that. And again, it would probably be really, really weird to do that, but... The thing is, if you have the gore version, everyone's going to buy the gore version. But if it becomes popular enough of an eSport and then kids want to play it and other people want to play it and then you want to present it uh, as a way. So, for example, you know, to market it in a way that, you know, if a sponsor doesn't want the gore. So let's say the sponsor says like, let's say uh, Nestle comes along and is like, you know what, I want to sponsor this eSport. I want to sponsor Mortal Kombat because I heard it's... Oh my God! What did he just do to that guy with his hat? Oh my God! What the hell? And then Nestle's not going to want to sponsor it anymore. But if Nestle can actually see that there's a version that they can actually sponsor, right? Maybe they can actually go for that, right? And again, everybody will buy the violent version, so we're not taking that away from anybody. We're not censoring anything but we're just making a version that people can kind of put their names on. In, in other words, you know, I just, I feel like that's kind of the way it's going to go. And, you know, you could say MK doesn't need sponsors. The games sell like hotcakes. That's not enough. That's not enough, man. Like they, they need more. And again, a lot of people, kids have grown up with the knowledge of what Mortal Kombat is. But again, it's, it's not about the kids. If there are kids who don't have the ability to buy their own games, the parents are going to not want to. So here's the thing, right? If it gets popular and a parent says, oh, okay, you like video games. You want to play this Mortal Kombat game. Oh my God, it's violent. You've just lost a bunch of sales there, right? If you have the goreless version, the kid will be pissed. He'll not have as much fun, but you'll still get the sales and you'll still get the awareness and you'll still get the, uh, the, 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 you know, you'll still get the awareness spread everywhere. That's kind of the thing that you need. It sounds like a terrible idea. And I know everyone's thinking you're absolutely insane, James. But again, look, none of us have to buy the Goreless edition, okay? None of us needs to buy this game at all. We we could buy the Gore version all day. But it's just if you have the Goreless version and you put it on, you know, the tournaments, if it's the official version that's being used for your tournaments so that uh, you can obviously put it on something like an ESPN or a TBS. I think that would be kind of important to have. I, I really honestly think that would be important to have. Shout outs to Dark Requiem. Thank you. Suck my nuts, Dark Requiem. I forgot to tell everybody else who subbed to suck my nuts. Suck my nuts, Dark Requiem. Um, but I think that would be kind of important to have. And honestly, if the goreless edition just made it so that when you killed someone, you got a real KO screen, that would also be great. Because as much as the fatalities are the selling point, fatalities absolutely kill the game as an eSport. 
Because the fact that you kill someone and they got to fall over and get up and go finish him. And then you got to walk up and punch him so he falls over because you don't care about it really hurts the pacing. I'm telling you right now, the fact that Mortal Kombat and Injustice don't have real KO screens hurts the game so much. Shout outs, Radaka. Suck my nuts, Radaka. Um, it really, really hurts the game from a viewing standpoint because when you watch a fighting game and it's getting really, really close and you're just sitting there watching and if someone actually finally gets the hit and it goes, BAM! K.O. Then you're just like, oh my god, oh! And the audience has the time to go nuts. But, oh, shout outs to uh, yet, 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 in, yet in the Mist. Yeti in the Mist. Suck my nuts, Yeti in the Mist. Like, if they can actually get to the point where it's like, boom, KO, and it's, it is a brutality and they explode or something like that. Instead, everyone can get the catharsis that they need instead of going attack, 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 boom, and then pause, rematch, go. Like that kills everything. It doesn't give commentators a chance to talk about the game. It doesn't give the viewers the catharsis. Suck my nuts, VSAV Dyer. Suck my nuts. Uh, and um, it doesn't give... Those people, the catharsis that they need, uh, they need the KO screen. That is why the slow motion in Tekken is so brilliant. That's why I love the slow motion in Smash Ultimate. All that stuff is so crucial, in my opinion, to the viewing pleasure of the game. And I think that that's so smart. And NRS needs to learn that. And if a goreless version can give us the ability to get real KO screens, I'm all for it, man. I am absolutely all for it. I, I'm all for it. So, yeah. Sadly enough, pause, restart, match is a great option, but it really, really hurts viewing. If there's an official tournament mode for the games like Tekken has, if they have an official tournament mode built in the game, maybe they can disable that because it really needs to stop. It needs to go. It is such a buzzkill. I cannot even explain to you. In fact, the old Tekken games had this problem when it was replays before. When you killed someone, it would go, KO, replay at another angle, replay at another angle, replay at another angle, and you would see the KO from three angles. That shit wasn't exciting. No one gave a shit about that. It was, uh, it was abrupt, and it looked ugly, and it was stupid, and it felt like a gimmick. Now you added this crazy slow motion to Tekken 7, and it is the fucking most hyped thing in the entire planet. That's what you've got to do. So if Mortal Kombat, if you kick somebody and you don't get to activate a fatality and you just pause and restart the match, no, 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 that needs to stop. That needs to go away. We need to get rid of that. Absolutely. So, but in any case, this is kind of like the big four thing in Justice 2. Look, in Justice 2, we're not worried about it. We're all talking about MK11. MK11's coming. We're going to find out a bunch more. It's going to be super exciting. Suck my nuts, basic cable. Man, that just sounds really funny. Now people are going to create random accounts just to hear me say suck my nuts to certain things like that. Get satellite. Suck my nuts, basic cable. Get Netflix. Suck my nuts, basic cable. Oh, man. 
Okay, um, but yes, that is that is the situation for the NRS kids. So that's the big four for me right now, which is Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, Dragon Ball, and Injustice. So I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, because my mouth is dry and I really, really need some water right now. But when we come back from the break, we'll get into the fifth big game. So I said there's big four, there is a big five, but it's kind of its own category. We will talk about some Super Smash Brothers after this break. Don't go anywhere, guys. Be right back. Cat always has to jump on stream right when I come back, huh? All right. Well, let's do this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Uncensored in the brand new year. Happy New Year, everybody. 2019. This is going to be an interesting year for the fighting game community. I feel like uh, we are definitely on the verge of either some major growth or potential fallback. Um, I don't think it's going to stay stagnant. It's probably going to go one or the other way. So it's kind of an interesting year, kind of scary. But I've been going through uh, all the games one by one. Uh, oh, you know what? Hang on a second, guys. Uh, give me one second here. I'm going to actually, you know what? I'll take a break after Smash Brothers and I'll take care of this uh, then. I'll just do a short break then. So I don't want to sit here and like back and forth, back and forth. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, don't don't give the chat your your backside there, Jasmine. Okay, so let's talk about Smash Brothers. So I've been going through each game. I've gone through Street Fighter, Tekken Seven, Dragon Ball Fighters, and NRS. Let's call it NRS because of the NRS cycle syndrome. Okay, so let's talk about the fifth game of the big five essentially and that of course is smash brothers super smash brothers ultimate has just been released and uh i'm a little far removed from the smash brothers scene i i i i don't know the pulse of the of the community i don't know you know the the, the exact situation and the exact you know, how people are feeling about the game, etc., etc., etc. So, uh, what I am going to say is that, sorry, hang on a second, trying to take care of this. What I am going to say is that, personally, I fucking love this game. <laughs> I love Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I love this game right now okay i am having so much goddamn fun with this game i am just enjoying it through all possibilities right i think that this is really really cool and it sounds like asterisk bandman says ultimate has been bringing the community together so hopefully that's true hopefully that's actually true so here's the thing right like I liked Smash Brothers Wii U, but let's face it, it took way too long to kill somebody. And I really think the two stocks situation for that game hurt the game a lot. It hurt the comeback potential, it hurt the lopsidedness, it didn't feel like a no stock was as impressive, it and it just took forever to kill people. Jesus Christ, can you die, please, sometimes. So while I liked a lot of the game, it just didn't feel like the pace of the game was fast enough. Ultimate has fixed that already because we already have fucking Luigi, okay? Now, 
Luigi is like the new ice climbers, right? He throws you once and you're dead. That's it. You're just dead. Doesn't matter, how, especially if you have no damage, right? So Luigi's are not going to hit you and do damage to you because they want to keep you at zero so they can just fucking kill you off of one throw, right? So this game, <laughs> you saw your cat ran into the screen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but it's it's... God, I mean, the pace of this game, the number of characters, the variety of the characters, I feel like, I don't know, for me, it feels like the balance isn't really terrible right now, but it also feels like they're willing to fix that. They've added a lot of cool things to the 1v1 mode, right? The 1v1, didn't they say, like, people either die a little faster or, you know, then they added the, like, little slow motion to the zoom-ins to the, 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 to the crucial hits? Like, that shit is cool because, look... I already fucking love hitting everybody with Ness, right? I love launching myself into people with Ness and hitting them with the PK Rocket or whatever you want to call it, PK Thunder 2 or whatever like that. That shit was awesome already. Now it fucking zooms in and you see Ness's big old head going and then like the guy is just like ah! and then the guy launches. Dude, it's so sick. It's so good. It's so good and I enjoy that so much. I love this game so much. I, I, I am having so much fun with it and I really am hoping that everybody out there is playing the game a lot and I, and I really do hope that it is doing something to unite the community a lot and I feel like Smash Brothers Ultimate has such a strong potential if, and again, this is the big if again, this is the big if again, if Nintendo can just start playing nice, right? Because it happened with Smash Ultimate as well. It's not at Evo Japan. It's not at Evo Japan. Why? Nintendo, please, why? Like, if Nintendo can play nice and if they can really promote the eSport that is Smash Brothers Ultimate, dude, Smash Brothers is just like, oh my god, it's so, it's so good. Smash Ultimate is like the other Smash game at its core. It's more of a party game than a fighting game. Fuck that, dude. Forget it. I don't fucking care about that shit anymore. Smash Brothers is played as a fighting game. I don't care what the fuck it is at its core. They found a way to make it... Cup stacking is fucking competitive, okay? There's cup stacking tournaments out there. I'm not talking shit about cup stacking. I'm just saying if you can make cup stacking a tournament thing, you can make Smash Brothers a tournament game despite what its core values, core roots are, okay? It just doesn't matter. Play it as a fucking fighting game because that's what people are doing out there. It's a fighting game. Smash Brothers is a fighting game I don't care what you say. Shut up, okay? Smash Brothers is a fucking game. Okay, as a fighting, fucking fighting game. Shit. Well, I'm done. All right, I'll see you guys later. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> it's a fucking fighting game. <laughs> well, <laughs> there goes my esports career. <laughs> It's a, <laughs> really brings a whole new meaning to, hey, you want to smash? <laughs> All right.
Uh, no, they shouldn't add proximity normals to Smash. No. Ah, Jesus. Okay, anyways. Smash is a fighting game, okay? So, having established that, Smash is a fighting game. If anybody in this chat still thinks that Smash isn't a fighting game, Smash is a fighting game, okay? Like, let's just, let's just keep it that way. Um, let's talk about, uh... Shoutouts to Neo Jeets for the subscription. Suck my nuts, Neo Jeets. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Smash is a fighting game, okay? Arms is a fighting game. Virtual On is a fighting game. Out Foxies is a fucking fighting game, okay? Like, let's just, let's, let's, let's chill on those jets, okay? <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh, where was I? I was talking about Smash Ultimate. Yes. So if Nintendo can play nice, if it can let everybody run the tournaments, I feel like Smash Ultimate has such a potential. And if it is doing a good job uniting a lot of the community, I think that's great. I don't know what's going to happen with... Uh, Mario Party is not a fighting game. It is not a fighting game. Um, I don't know what's going to happen you know, with the Melee community. I don't know how much... A lot of the old school melee guys are playing it, but it would be great if they did. Because if Mango and uh, Leffen and Armada and like it brought back like Wobbles, if Mewtwo King's gonna play it no matter what, but even if like Ken came back and played it, if like everybody like played this game, like I think that would be so important for the game and the storyline and stuff. If that doesn't happen, it's fine. There's enough storyline with Zero and, you know, Nairo and, and MK Leo and all those guys out there, that'll be fine. But man, if a lot of those old Melee heads played it, 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 it'd be really, 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 really crazy. It would be insane. It would be insane. So, oh, Armada is entering Genesis Smash Ultimate. That's actually cool. Uh, Mela guys have been already been streaming Ultimate. Leffen and Armada have been pumping out content. I've watched a lot of Leffen's content already, for sure. So trust me, trust me. Uh, dude, that'd be awesome if PPMD came back for Ultimate as well. So, but <clears throat> the, the, the character unlocking problem is still there, I'm sure. It wasn't too bad for me. It was weird because when me and Olaf were just playing it, we unlocked characters pretty pretty quick. So. Uh, hey, look, if someone who wants to do competitive cup stacking wants to hire me to be a commentator, I will 100% do competitive cup stacking for a tournament, okay? Honestly. But, uh, dude, the computer is nasty in that game. Holy crap. But, uh, uh, Smash Brothers is in an interesting state. I hope Nintendo plays nice with it. I hope it makes it to Evo. I hope it gets it to all the events. I don't know what Nintendo's planning to do if they plan to do a Smash Circuit, but having a Smash Circuit would be nice. And if they did make a Smash Circuit, if they just trusted the Tenno production to do stuff with that and to run it like all the other fighting game circuits that are not Dragon Ball, you know, we would be in a wonderful place. Like, if Nintendo can embrace it and support it, it would be awesome. I, I don't know about the rights issues going into there. Obviously, they've got a lot of characters and music and and things from other companies. Like, it's really interesting. I, I literally sat there and just went through the music one day, all of the songs, and just played the songs. But you go to Final Fantasy VII, and they only have two songs from Final Fantasy, whereas you go to, like, 
Dracula, like Vampire, and there's like 19 songs, and you go to like this other game, there's like 50 songs, and this other game has like 18 songs, and there's only two songs from the Final Fantasy series, so they probably had trouble getting the rights to the music, so we'll see how that works, uh, you know, for streams, etc., etc., but if if Nintendo can play nice, Smash Ultimate will be huge and would be awesome, and I would love it. I would really like to commentate the game. I really want to keep playing the game and do a lot more. But of course, for commentary, I want to make sure that I can commentate it. I don't want to uh, shove my way in there. Uh, you know, if people let me commentate it, I'd be totally down to do it. So, um. The question now comes from Smash Melee, okay? So obviously the Smash Melee community is out there. And I know, again, I'm not even sure. I'm a little far enough removed from the Smash scene right now that I'm not sure how people feel about the mechanics, the balance. Are there anything like weirdly glitchy in the game if people don't like it, et cetera, et cetera, or if people are finding out it's not balanced, et cetera. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything crazy from what I've seen on the internet. But, um... Melee. Melee is fine. Melee will always be fine. Melee is not going anywhere. It's its 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 own thing. And to be honest with you, you know, uh, this might ruffle a few feathers out there, but honestly, Melee is not even really part of the Smash community. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Look. Melee is its, it's its own thing. It's out there. It is such a force out there and it won't die. But, you know, it is getting a little uh, stagnant, I guess, in a way. But it's still just fun. It's just fast, right? It's like watching ST for me. It's like, you, it's like the game is limited in a way, but at the same time, it's just everything that happens in it is so cool and it's fast and it's exciting and it's just really, really, really fun to watch. And so Melee is not going to have any problems. Now, you know, the question is, uh, situations like EVO, are they still going to run Melee and Ultimate? Or are they going to run only Ultimate? Of course, if Nintendo allows them to stream Ultimate. You know, those are the questions that have to be asked at this point in time. Um, we can't necessarily say what will happen. Do I think EVO should have two Smashes? I actually think it would be kind of cool if Ultimate was the only Smash there for one year just to really give Ultimate that limelight, you know what I mean, kind of thing. But that might make a bunch of people mad, etc., etc. I'm not, I'm not sure. Again, I'm not too, I'm not too ingrained in the Smash culture enough to really kind of gauge if that would hurt or help or, you know, kind of situation. But, Melee is Melee. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be its fans. There's always going to be the hardcore people. It is basically like how Super Turbo is to Super Turbo fans. Third Strike is the Third Strike fans. CVS2 is the CVS2 fans. It's just untouchable at this point in time. There's nothing that can ever happen in Super Turbo that will ever convince me that game is bad in any way shape or form and that's how a lot of them that's how all of the 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 huge melee heads are going to feel about melee there's just no way you could ever think make them think to themselves yeah you know what it's okay melee can go ahead and go you know play second fiddle it's like no like if it was me super turbo would be the main game at every event right like that's just the way it would be because i love super turbo that much right but um 
Honestly, melee is melee. I'm not worried about that. That community is going to thrive in the way that it's going to thrive. But what I really would like to see is that even if you are a melee player, okay, this is my only message to melee players out there. And I know a lot of melee players are already doing this, okay? So I, I know that they're already doing this. But my only message to melee players is if you don't like Smash Ultimate, if there's stuff about Smash Ultimate that you don't like, just chalk it up as to something that you don't like, right? But if other people are playing the game, if it's growing, if a lot of people are playing the game, be happy for it, right? Be excited that people are learning a new generation of Smash. Be excited that Smash Ultimate could become something just out of this world. If it can become just like this huge game, if it could rule the fighting game community, just be happy about that. It'd be great. It'd be great. And, you know, like Mingo and, you know, others have joked is maybe that will actually lead them to Melee, right? Because there have been people who have learned Street Fighter through the new games and then discovered Super Turbo backwards. It could possibly happen. So anyone enjoying that game, I think, is really, really cool. Uh, and, yeah, so people are talk, saying this in the chat, you know, hopefully, hopefully... You know, if you are a melee player and ultimate is flawed to you or you don't like it, don't sit there and shit on the game all day. Just say, look, it's not to my taste. I like melee better, but it's awesome that you enjoy it. And I really hope it grows. I think that's I think that's the best way to approach it. That's all I can ask. That's all I can ask. It's a hard ask. It's probably not something that'll happen for some people, but, you know, hopefully that'll happen. That's all I can say. That's my only message to Melee players, okay? I don't think, I, whoa, whoa, what are you doing, Nathan? Don't do that, don't do that. You are pulling on the tablecloth and about to drag the whole TV off the table. Don't do that. No, 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 don't do that. Okay, okay. <coughs> all right. <coughs> That's it that I have for Smash. Uh, I'm going to continue for just a little bit. I'm going to take a really quart, short break. Uh, I'll be right back. But the only reason why I'm taking a short break is because I just want to grab something and be right back. So don't go anywhere, guys. I'm not even going to... Well, I'll run like 30 seconds of ads or something like that. I'll be right back. Hang on a second. You are a doll, Mr. Henry, for saying that I am 35 years old. You are a doll, because I wish I was 35 years old. Oh my God, I really hope I was. Okay, so what I picked up here was this. Uh, those are cat treats. Oh my God, Zoidberg. I always have to do that for Zoidberg. Shout outs to the support for Zoidberg. And coincidentally, he just gave us uh, uh, t uh, a thousand bits here. What I was about to say, and I'm going to have to limit it. I'm sorry, Zoidberg. Uh, but basically what I was going to say is I forgot to do the thing where if you donate a dollar in bits, uh, I let you pick a cat and then I will feed them a treat. So uh, Nuticon and Alive Inside... Uh, Alive Inside donated twice, uh, bits twice, so uh, let me know uh, which cat you want me to. Nuticon and Alive Inside and Zoidberg, 
let me know which cat you want me to give a treat to. Um, Nathan a treat. Okay. Here. Come here, Nathan. Come here, Nathan. Come here, Nathan. Come here, Nathan. No, not you, Jasmine. Not you, Jasmine. Come here, Nathan. Up here, Nathan. Nathan, Nathan, up here. Look. Come up here, Nathan. Nathan, are you really? Are you this? Is this? Is this what's really happening, Nathan? Come here, Nathan. Come here, Nathan. Come up here. Come up here, Nathan. Come up here, Nathan. Nathan does not understand this at all. He's here. He's waiting for his treat, but he won't jump on the table is the problem. Is he won't jump on the table. <laughs> all right. I'm going to have to figure out how to convince him to, 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 to get up here. Hang on a second, guys. Ah! Okay. All right. Jasmine wants one. She is jumping on my leg. So Jasmine understands this completely here. Here, Nathan, come here. Come up here, Nathan. Come up here, Nathan. All right. You know what? I'm going to grab the other camera. I'm going to grab the other camera for a second. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. It's trickier than I thought it was going to be. Let's see. Do I have the camera on here? Let's see. Oh, that one's not available. That one's not available. Hang on a second. Feeding cam here. Here, Nathan. Here, Nathan. Nathan. Good boy. Good boy, Nathan. All right, so Nathan got a treat. Okay. Uh, there you go. And uh, it's still alive, and uh, you still have Zoidberg. Are, ow! Are still in here. You can. Tell me which cat to give a treat to. Let me know which cat to give a treat to. Man, you guys are making me feel terrible. Okay, you still have Zoiberg wants a treat for Jasmine here. All right, Jasmine, come here. Come here. Come here, Jasmine. Oh yeah, you're smart. You know, you know. There we go, Jasmine. There we go. Here, get the treat. Yeah, yeah. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Yeah. Here you go. Lick the fuzz off my fingers. Okay, uh, let's keep going, shall we? Let's keep going with this. Okay, okay. Let's continue talking about this, shall we? We are now at the next game on the list. So this is an interesting uh, pair of games that I have here. These are games that came out this year. <clears throat> These are games that came out this year 
but are I'm not sure how they're doing. They might be struggling a little bit. And the first game that I'm going to talk about here today is Soul Calibur 6. So Soul Calibur 6, actually, you know what I'm going to talk about? Oh, yeah, sorry, last year. They both came out last year. Sorry, sorry. So both of these games here, uh, I'm going to talk about them at the same time, which is uh, Soul Calibur 6, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Okay, the reason why I want to talk about both of these games at the same time is because they both kind of fall un- under a same category for me. And mainly that I just, I love both of these games. Now, it sounds weird. I'm, I love a lot of these games, but I really am enjoying these games. Uh, I, I have been enjoying Soul Calibur 6 a lot. Uh, I enjoyed Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle a lot, and I'm sad that I haven't played that as much as I've wanted to recently. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm enjoying them so much that it's hard for me, in my opinion, to really kind of judge those games uh, properly. You know what? I'm going to give a treat to Nathan up here so he kind of gets the idea that coming up here is a good idea. So I'm just going to give a treat to... Oh my God, Jasmine ran up here with the quickness. Jesus, Jasmine, here, get the treat. The treat? Go get the treat. Good job. All right. Dang, Jasmine came up here with a quickness. Okay. Uh, I'm enjoying these games a lot, so it's really hard for me to properly gauge where these games are in terms of, uh, like, how popular they are right now. Uh, yeah, and Choi Sauce is talking about this in the chat. It feels like the, the, the BB Tag community and the Soul Calibur community, I'm not sure if they're, they're doing enough for their own game because while they're still doing a lot of cool things, I think at NEC they played Soul Calibur last, which was awesome of, of Big E to do if that was actually the case. Um, I, I, I hope that they're succeeding because, like I said, I really do enjoy the games a lot. I really do enjoy the games a lot. I think Soul Calibur 6 has a lot of potential. It's very fun. I think it's a great game for beginners. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle might be a little more complex, but there is definitely a lot of, you know, very beginner-friendly stuff in that game as well. Both of those games, I feel like, are really, really high-quality games that aren't just quite getting the shine they deserve. You know, I really feel like that these games should be on the tip of people's tongues a little bit more in the fighting game community than they actually are. I hope people keep playing these games and I hope that they have successful, uh, you know, tournament seasons. Now, if what you'll notice that when Harada took over as the esports director of Bandai Namco, he took over as the esports director of Bandai Namco, not the Tekken World Tour director of Bandai. He's the esports director, which makes me think they're going to try to incorporate Soul Calibur. Okay. <laughs> Tinfoil hat time. It makes me think that you know, they're going to try to include Soul Calibur into the, into the, to the world tour, into the Tekken world tour, Bandai Namco world tour. Uh, I, I think that would be awesome. Like if they can actually develop a proper Tekken slash Soul Calibur world tour so that they kind of bank off of each other. Namco had, Bandai Namco had a great year last year 
right, with uh, Soul Calibur and Tekken and uh, Dragon Ball. They're really killing it. They're really killing it. They have a lot of potential. So I really, really, really hope that things... I mean, look, $7,500 to the winner of Soul Calibur 6 World Tour would actually be pretty fucking amazing, okay? Tekken needs to be more. Tekken's prestige is a lot higher at this point in time. Soul Calibur probably has to prove itself, but even if players who play Soul Calibur could find out they could win $7,000, that'd actually be pretty cool. That would actually be really cool. So if Harada becoming the esports director means that it's more than just TechEd and that Soul Calibur 6 is going to be a part of it, yeah, Harada will be oversee the expansion of esports scenes for Tekken 7, Dragon Ball Fighters, and Soul Calibur 6. Okay, so I don't even need the hat. I don't even need the hat because that almost kind of proves it right there. So that'll be cool. But that really depends on if we can get more players playing Soul Calibur 6. But again, I think the game is super fun. I think the game is, 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 is really beginner friendly. It makes a lot of sense when you play that game because everybody has very similar move sets, although the moves are different, but you can almost always be guaranteed that down back A is a low, down back B is a low. You can almost always be guaranteed that down forward B is kind of like a launcher, etc., etc. There's a lot of commonalities between the different characters and that helps a lot. And then there's a lot of details with each character in Soul Calibur. So I feel like it's a really nice kind of uh it's a much easier game than tekken to get into so uh yeah the net code is it's not a gut it's not a gut uh it's it's um apparently if you get cats spayed or neutered that sometimes that's a that's a, a weird side effect that can happen from the cats so but he is a gigantic cat he is a large cat he's a very very large cat but that definitely happens so hopefully evo Evo Japan this year has Soul Calibur, and that's exciting. I, I'm excited for that. I really, really, really hope that Soul Calibur 6 at Evo Japan is amazing. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm hoping for that. Uh, same thing with Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battles at Evo Japan. I really hope that does well. That game obviously has a lot of top players playing that game with like Dogra and Kazunoko. Is Dogra playing that game? He is playing that game, right? Well, I know Kazunoko's playing that game. A whole bunch of people play Storm Kubo, all those guys like that. I think it, it would be really, really cool. So hopefully those two games. That is, of course, if 2B is not broken. I've heard 2B is really kind of uh, clown shoes right now. Uh, I don't know if... Um, if 2B is, is, has to be nerfed a little bit, I'm not 100% sure. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, those games both can succeed. I'm, I'm really, really pulling for these games a lot. I really want Soul Calibur 6 and Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle to succeed and, and to continue being heavy pre presences in the fighting game community because like I said, I enjoy the games. I think they're fun. I think they're great gateways into Tekken slash Guilty Gear slash Blaze Blue, I think, um, and Unist, frankly. So I think uh, it would be really, really cool if that was the case. So that's my opinion on the Soul Calibur Blaze Blue cross tag battle situation. You know, for the non big five games, I'm probably not gonna talk about them as long. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the new game. And it's funny, yeah, yeah, yeah bud, Miko, yeah, yeah, bud, Miko actually just said 2019, the year of Unist. That's the game I was gonna talk about next. And that is Undernight Inbirth EXE Late ST. And this game 
is the little game that could. I am so happy for what this game has managed to accomplish in 2018. This is like the pinnacle of just like grassroots gaming community right now. This is like the game to look at to see what they're doing. Because every tournament they had last year, Combo Breaker, Evo, etc. was always kind of like a... Uh, a growing of the largest of tournament and then we had a uh, climax of night climax of night was an awesome tournament that was uh, put on by god shinobi right shinobi who who made just basically a melty blood tournament that was the the main event a bunch of people came from overseas to come and play it you know from japan and, and from different areas and everything like that honestly I want Eunice at EVO next year. I would be willing, and everybody knows how much I love Guilty Gear, I would actually sacrifice Guilty Gear for Eunice at EVO next year. I think that would be awesome. I think Eunice deserves that. I feel like Eunice is the little game that could. It had a great showing as a side tournament the next year and everything like that. I think it would be really, really cool. And, and honestly, another reason why selfishly that I would like Eunice to be really, really successful uh, is because it's such a great learning game too. It's impossible at the highest levels. You have to be super good. But the tutorial modes and everything that they've put into this game to teach you how to play the game is super great. Like they just have the the best tutorial system. They have the best like you know combo trials, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They just do such a dang good job, such a damn good job teaching people how to play, and having people be able to pick that game up and use that to learn a lot of higher level video fighting game concepts would be great if I could push the game too, more as like, hey, this game is at Evo, hey, this game is really popular, etc., etc., etc. It's not enough to be competitive, but it's such a better start than like every other fighting game that actually exists. And people asking what Eunice is like, Eunice is more KOF than anything. It's a horizontal fighting game. It's like an anime game that doesn't have high jumps. Like, it's a grounded horizontal anime game with actual uppercuts that you can't air block. So it is a ground-based fighting game with a lot of jumping and a lot of ability to change your jump arc. It has the craziness of an anime, the speed and horizontalness of a KOF game, though. So that's, that's really, really kind of cool about that game. So, hmm. Shay. If BB Tag, Eunice, and GG were all at Evo, fuck yes, okay? Like that, I will, I will go like dance in the streets for that shit. I will dance in the street. Uh, hey, Alive Inside, you gave me 200 bits. So that's two, two treats. Which cat do you want to feed? Do you, wanna, do you want me to feed both cats Alive Inside? Uh, I would say Eunice has a better fighting game tutorial than Guilty Gear right now. Although Guilty Gears is pretty good. But now that you've given me bits, I will give treats to my cats. So Alive Inside, which cats do you... So both of them? Okay. Both cats. Here you go, Jasmine. Whoa! Whoa, calm down, Jasmine. Calm down, kitty. Calm down, kitty. Here, take one. Take one. There you go. Nathan? Come up here, Nathan. Come up here, Nathan. Na Man, Nathan. 
Nathan, this cat literally has like no clue what the hell is going on. Nathan, come here, Nathan. Nathan, Nathan, come here, Nathan. Nathan, you are just sitting there staring at me. Nathan, Nathan, come here, Nathan. Nathan, oh my God, cat, really? This is embarrassing. Nathan, you're embarrassing me. Nathan, come here. Come here, Nathan. There you go. Oh, and of course, the camera got shut off right when I fed him. Wonderful, Nathan. Good job, Nathan. Man. All right, then. Well, sorry about that. You guys didn't get to see Nathan eat. But uh, right now, I would actually say Eunice has a better tutorial than Guilty Gear right now. And then uh, I think uh, uh, Guilty Gear uh, still has probably also with Skullgirls probably some of the best uh, tutorials out there right now. So uh, I would love to see Eunice. I feel like... This could be the year for Unist. I feel like uh, I would love, to, and it's on Steam now. It's available on Steam, so people who are PC fighting gamers can get access to the game. Look, if you can find it on sale, I think it would be a great thing for you to pick up and just check out, see if you like it. There's also the tutorials that Choice Sauce and I made made for the game that you can go and watch some of those. It's just it's it's such a, a, a strong game. And it's so fun, and it's so well thought out. It's a very complex, it's a very system mechanic heavy game. Very deep, deep game. But it is so much fun, and it's really, really, uh, it's really great to play. So I, I think it's, 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 it's cool, so. <clears throat> um, uh, Darnell, I'll get to KI in a little bit. Because the next couple of games that I'm gonna talk about here are uh, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. So this is obviously Guilty Gear, Exit Rev 2, and Blaze Blue Central Fiction, two classics in the uh, Arxis lineup, and two games that I feel like are kind of in the same boat right now in that they're both great games, they both have a lot of history, both have some great history at EVO as well. Unfortunately, I think people are kind of in a holding pattern right now. Um, people know that Guilty Gear, Exit Rev, uh, Rev 2, or just the Rev series in general, is probably one of my uh, favorite fighting games of all time, right? So I love Guilty Gear. I've always loved Guilty Gear. Always going to be one of my favorite fighting games of all time. Uh, just the series is fantastic. I think people are kind of waiting for things. And, you know, with, with uh, Guilty Gear being as a part of the, uh, the, the Red Bull Conquest last year, you know, I was hoping that would stir up a lot more Guilty Gear players and Guilty Gear players would really come out of the woodwork for that. Um, I felt like a lot of players did, but it just it wasn't as much as I was kind of hoping for. But that probably just means that we're looking for uh, Guilty Gear Quad X or Guilty Gear X Square or Guilty Gear Tetra X or Tetrax or something like that. So um, I think that a lot of people are just kind of waiting for the next uh, Guilty Gear iteration. They could do a Rev 3 and, and that would be pretty cool. Uh, I don't think they need to do a whole brand new game, but I think people are kind of waiting for something. And especially since Daisuke kind of hinted at that, right? He said, I'm definitely working on some new Guilty Gear thing. 
but he didn't say what. So it's like, what are you working on? A pachinko machine? Are you working on、uh, like Guilty Gear Iska Two or something like that? Like I don't know. Like it would be kind of weird. I'm not sure. So. Mm-mm-mm. David Germs. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, David Germs on the water. Oh, hey, David. How's it going? How's it going, David? In the chat. No, this is mine. This is mine. Yours is still downstairs. <laughs> Yours is still downstairs. <laughs> oh man. Uh. I I think、um, Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue. I would love to have them, you know, still be in the limelight at this point. But I think people are waiting for these, especially because Central Fiction kind of threw people for a loop that there was no extend. That it's really interesting that there's been no extend version for those games. So that's kind of a a tricky thing for those games. But again, both of them classic games. I I would really like to see them both continue their strength. However, if they both disappeared from Evo this year, I wouldn't be super surprised. But I would love to see Guilty Gear be back in there because Guilty Gear is one of my favorite games. So that's that situation. Now I'm going to talk about、uh, five games here. That I feel like never quite were able to establish themselves in the FGC, despite being new games. And、uh, these are games that really are kind of like they should look to Unist for inspiration in terms of trying to stay alive. And some of the games are doing that, and some, of, and actually most of the games are doing a pretty good job at that. But the five games here that I feel like. Kind of、uh, are on that, you know. They're trying their hardest right now to stay in the limelight. Are going to be Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, King of Fighters 14, Arms, Pokémon Tournament DX, and Fighting EX Layer. Right. So these are five communities that I feel like it's really up to the community that's playing those games that's going to be able to. Maintain them or not, right? These these are the kind of the the communities that have to really work hard to keep these games alive because they're kind of in a in a tough situation now. Stuff like Pokemon is in, is kind of in a in an interesting position because they've got their own Pokemon events and stuff like that that they've been able to、uh, keep around well enough. Arms, I know that there's a small community out there that's still trying to play that game heavily. And、uh, I got to do some Arms commentary on the FGC locals of the world, and I thought that was super fun. I thought Arms was actually really, really cool. King of Fighters 14. This is always the hardest one because they keep updating it. Like, didn't they just release a patch? Didn't they just release a patch and update it even more? Like, this is after the Naj patch, right? There was this was there was the patch that released Naj, and then there was just the patch that like just came out like in the last month or something like that, right? So they're still supporting this game. They're still doing stuff like this. I think that's really, really awesome. And so it's really up to the community. And and this is the one game that I probably would call out the community a lot on because. I know it's had a history. Like they've tried running at Wednesday night fights, none of the people showed up for it, right? You know that kind of thing like that. And it's just like what, like why, like support this game and and KOF 14. You know when you look at it now, yeah, when it first came out, it was kind of like oh, this game doesn't look very good. And 
I mean, that might just be the death knell. Honestly, like an ugly fighting game is like the death knell for so many fighting games. It's crazy. It happened to this game, and it happened to Street Fighter Cross Tekken, it happened to Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. All three of those games came out, were ugly, and it just, like, people didn't like them, and they just couldn't recover after that. And it's weird. But honestly, King of Fighters 14 is in a really good state right now, and it would be cool if people play this. It's going to be at Evil Japan. So, you know, hopefully a lot of hardcore KOF players who would like to visit Japan can make a vacation out there and go play it in EVO in Japan. I think that would be a lot, of, a lot of fun. I think that would be really, really cool. So I would love to see the KOF community really try harder. And again, it sounds like I'm chastising the community. It sounds like I'm kind of ber not berating them, but, you know, disciplining them as a disappointed father. But... In a way, I kind of am. You know, I'd like to see more KOF people step up. Like, where are the guys that are stepping up for the KOF community at this point? Whereas when you look at something like Marvel, right, you always have people like Persia. You have people like Tyson, right? Tyson's been doing a bunch of awesome things for MVCI. He's always running these events and holding these online events. You know, you've had uh, SBK and Kinder Party, Angelic, all these guys. They're always doing a lot of stuff for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. They're trying, you know, to keep that game going along so well. So, and yeah, KOF 14, the, the, the art style was a little disappointing after 13, but, you know, it, it's a transition, and we got to let them go with that. We got we to gotta let them go with that. So, But MVCI, such a fun game. It's, and it's, oh man, like the things that people are doing in that game are so cool. So hopefully people can keep that game alive. I know, you know, uh, there's still a lot of good rivalries and storylines. I know the Tyson versus uh, a Knives rivalry is really still, you know, is, is a really cool story. I know there's a lot of strong players for that game still. And so, you know, if people, if the community keep MVCI alive, I think that would be awesome. I think that would be really, really cool. So... Uh, all the people that I mentioned are Californian? Wait, no, Tyson is Florida, isn't he? Tyson's like Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know what you mean by they're all Californian. Uh, okay, anyways. <laughs> but uh, in any case, I, I would love to see if... Uh, of course, this could be delay as well. This, the Twitch delay makes it really hard to keep things on topic with the chats and stuff. So, uh, But there you go. Um, those five games I, 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 I'm pushing for. I, I really hope for the communities to do what they can to keep those games alive. So uh, the next two games I want to mention are older games. And two games that I'm sure don't feel like really ever kind of got the chances that they deserved. And that's, of course, Killer Instinct and Skullgirl's Second Encore. Somebody said, asked me, what do I think are the chances that Killer Instinct can make it into EVO? It's just not going to happen. It's just, there's, there's no way, there's no way Killer Instinct's making it into EVO this year. But Killer Instinct and Skullgirl's two games with very, very similar situations. Two games, both developed by American studios, backed by FGC developers who very much know what they're doing and have a very strong ear with the community. Two games with extremely amazing netcode and extreme awesome online playability. 
and two games that I feel like never quite really got their chance. Uh, Killer Instinct um, was a game that came out on Xbox One, and that was just the death knell for it right away. Uh, Yeah, and actually both games have a strong presence at Combo Breaker. Like, Killer Instinct and Skullgirls consider Combo Breaker as their Evo, essentially. So, another commonality for these games. And, you know, I talked about Mortal Kombat 11 and how I have such high hopes for that game because it's developed by NetherRealms, by an American studio that really has a strong understanding of, of you know, of esports and stuff like that. You know, Killer Instinct and Skullgirls Second Encore, I felt like both had that potential as well. And the Skullgirls community is still alive and kicking, by the way. It's just a small little, very loyal, very dedicated community. So if you want to get into it, it's still worth getting into right now. There's a lot of people who are still playing this game and enjoying the game a lot. Uh, Sonic Fox has always said it's his favorite fighting game, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, there's definitely a lot of resources out there for people that'll help you. I'm not sure about the Killer Instinct scene. I feel like the Killer Instinct scene has kind of died down a little bit. Uh, not going quite as strong as uh, as the Skullgirls scene is at this point in time. But again, I'm I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. And I'm sure I'm sure Killer Instinct has a Discord as well. But Rat Warden in the chat says that they also have a Skullgirls Discord. So so people are still playing Ki. Okay, that's really cool. I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that. So. <clears throat> But uh, both of it, yeah, KI had its own circuit at one point in time. So I hope these two games can stay alive. And I, I, it really is awesome to me that events like Combo Breaker can keep the Killer Instinct and Skullgirls scenes alive. I remember even Sejam saying that at Combo Breaker last year, he got to commentate top eight for Killer Instinct. And he was just like, it was like a kid in a can. It was like me when I commentate ST. He just had so much fun commentating that game because it was one of the main games that he played, you know, uh, when he was first getting in, like when he was first becoming very serious in the fighting game community. And, you know, it's just, it's just those, both of those games. And they're just, the net codes are so good on those games too. Those, 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 uh, netcode is really, really good. Feet Fighter, uh, these were obtained from focusattack.com. You can get these from focusattack.com. They were drawn by Udon. They were drawn by Udon. So, <clears throat> so I really, really hope those games can uh, do well. Um, the last category of games, which actually encompasses 10 games, <laughs> are the actual old school classics that are really kind of reviving and they're kind of trying to stay in there, stay with some relevance here. And of course, I, I can't go on without talking about, for example, Super Turbo. Super Turbo, I mean, bless the Super Turbo scene, dude. The Super Turbo scene has just been killing it year after year after year. Uh, this last year was the Tournament of Legends again, culminated in Canada Cup. Had a lot of great players coming from Japan playing in there. Uh, Nuki took that event, but you know, uh, I think Afro Legends finished second with a whole bunch of other guys like Matsun and Kusumundo and a whole bunch of guys coming and playing the game. I mean, Super Turbo might not have, may not have ever had this kind of parity between US and Japan as we've ever seen. And, you know, the community has done a lot of work. They've done a lot of great things keeping it up. Atari FGC in Canada, ton of work for this game. Killer Miller, Eugene, Muffin Man, a whole bunch of guys uh, doing a lot for this scene. And Super Turbo has really kind of survived. However, 
However, the problem with Super Turbo right now is that it's taking its toll. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, Arcadium as well, doing the Monday night fights every week for sure. Uh, always doing a lot of help. But the hardest thing about Super Turbo right now is it is taking a toll. Talking to a lot of the guys who are trying to keep the Tournament of Legends alive, ST Revival alive, it's costing them a lot of money and it's costing them a, and it's taking a lot of work. They're tired and the financing is just is rough for them, right? It's a tough situation for them to be putting this much money into events and really, you know, not seeing a lot of returns. They're doing it out of love. But honestly, like that much work and that much effort, it's really hard sometimes. Here, turn around, kitty. Don't moon the, the stream. Don't moon the stream. Um, it's really hard to keep at it. You know, it's really hard to make sure that you have the strength and the willpower to keep up doing these kind of things. So. You know, I, 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 I'm very sympathetic towards the Super Turbo scene. I know that they're struggling and doing a lot of work and stuff like that. Hopefully, uh, what's, what I'm hoping is that uh, the 30th anniversary collection helps in a lot of ways. and makes it a lot easier for them to run events if people just start accepting playing Super Turbo solely on the 30th anniversary. It'll make it easier. They don't have to bring cabinets everywhere. They don't have to bring CRTs everywhere and stuff like that. It's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. So, <clears throat> yeah, that is a good subtopic, Peter0611. Just doing stuff for the love of the community. And this is a problem for all the communities that I've mentioned, especially the MVCI, the KOF14, ARMS, Pokin DX, and fighting EX later. In fact, MVC3, there was the one year before MVCI came out where Persia, Angelic, a whole bunch of guys put in a ton of effort, yipes, put in a ton of effort just to make sure um, that, you know, MVC3 stayed in the limelight. And man, that took a toll on them a lot. That took a lot of toll on them. So it's, it's really tough. It's really tough. So hopefully, you know, these guys can actually maintain this kind of stuff. So uh, shout outs to the Super Turbo community. And honestly, it's kind of one of the things that uh, that's happening with Third Strike right now. Uh, a lot of the guys on the East Coast are organizing the Jazzy Cup right now. So this is their thing. Instead of the ST Revival, they're doing this Jazzy Cup circuit, which they're trying to revive Third Strike. And, you know, if they can play solely on 30th anniversary to make themselves have a little bit easier time, that would be awesome. They just had a Jazzy Cup qualifier at Don's Arcade here in Southern California. So they're doing a, a lot of stuff for Third Strike. And it would be awesome to see a Third Strike revival. The, the Co-op Cup is coming up in, in a week or two. And that's going to be super exciting. Like, that's always one of the most uh, fun events uh, for people to, to, to watch. It's always such a great event. So, you know, Third Strike, having a revival for Third Strike, I think would be super cool if they can pull that off. If they can get to that super turbo levels, but you just got to be careful of burnout. And again, for people out there, and I'm going to lump Alpha 3 in this, but if people out there really want to see these games revive like that, we just got to make noise about it. We got to talk about it. We got to tweet at Capcom about it. We got to let them know that we still want to keep playing these games and events and that we can all use the, the anniversary edition as a way to continue playing these events. Maybe try to convince them to, 
you know, uh, add minor circuits for these games and stuff like that. And, and, it's, and that's not true, OG Geek 2016. That's actually not true. Um, <clears throat> I've talked to the Capcom guys, and they said that they can't justify doing those events unless it's very clear that the people want it. And that's why I keep saying, like, let them know. Let them know that that's what we want. If, if we can show them that that's what we want and then we go and support these events, that people enter these events and people learn these games and we get new players playing these games, then absolutely they would support it. <clears throat> but we have to let them know. We have to let them know. And we're not going to let them know just by hoping it happens. You know, we have to, you know, really try to make this work. And that's why the Jazzy Cup and the ST Revival scenes are really cool. I hope there's an Alpha 3 scene out there that can work on that. Although Alpha 3, probably the least priority of them all, just because Alpha 3 can be kind of busted with the crouch canceling infinites. Though SCR was really interesting because a lot of people didn't really use them as often because there's just other broken things in the game as well. So, <clears throat> um... Uh, oh, oh! don't worry, don't worry. Uh, coming up next on my list is, since we're talking about old Street Fighters, let's talk about Ultra Street Fighter 4. <clears throat> Look, when Ultra Street Fighter 4 ended that year where Capcom was like, oh, thank you, Ultra Street Fighter 4, now play Street Fighter 5. You know, when, when, when they dropped Ultra Street Fighter 4, I thought the game was in a great position, okay? Everyone told me the game sucked. And that Street Fighter V would fix all the problems. Street Fighter V came out. They all hated it. Now they think Ultra Street Fighter IV is the greatest fighting game of all time. Well, you know what? Ultra Street Fighter IV was in a great position where it left. And I'm surprised that people haven't been keeping it alive and playing it as much. And I, I kind of wish they would. Because I think a lot of people still really enjoy that game. And I still think that there would be a big scene out there for that. So, but it really, again, takes community leaders to run that kind of thing. And it's tough because a lot of people who did play Street Fighter 4 did move to Street Fighter 5, so they just don't have the time for it. But there are some people who have stuck solely with Street Fighter 4. And, you know, if those are the kind of people like, like Mutant XP is doing for uh, the Jazzy Cup or like Atari FGC is doing for ST Revival, if we can find someone like that for Ultra Street Fighter 4 and really kind of start organizing things and just maintaining a leaderboard and kind of things and creating their own circuit... I think that would be actually really cool. I think that would be really, really cool. So, uh, a lot of people, Darnell, grew up with Street Fighter 4. A lot of people really, that was their first exposure to fighting games. Uh, for the people who have played a lot more fighting games, Street Fighter 4 is like the Final Fantasy 7 of the series, right? I think. I think Final Fantasy VII is super overrated, but there's so many people who love that game because it was their first Final Fantasy game. And it's just always going to hold that special place in their heart, right? <clears throat> and same thing for Street Fighter IV. It's the first Street Fighter for so many people, and that's kind of, you know, why a lot of people love that game. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, I'm a Final Fantasy VI hipster, okay? Final Fantasy VI is my second or third favorite video game of all time. And when you enjoyed that game that much, when you go from six to seven, there is a level of disappointment that you run into, okay? But that's a whole nother 
story. That's a whole nother story. So <clears throat> don't need to get into this argument here right now. Because I will never blame anybody for liking Final Fantasy VII. <clears throat> yeah, sort of. Um, Melee was in after Brawl came out. Interesting. Okay. I'm not familiar enough with that situation, Master PPV. I'm not familiar enough with that situation. So, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yes, we will avoid that uh, argument here. Okay, so Street Fighter 4, if there's somebody out there who is just like super dedicated to Street Fighter 4 and wants to like try to organize a revival, I think that would be cool. Speaking of uh, or being a leader and organizing a rival, let's talk about some Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. <laughs> yes, so Marvel vs. Capcom 2, man, Yipes just threw an event for that, the BOTS, and it was amazing it was a great event i didn't get to see a lot of it i've only saw little clips here and there but man you know you talk about a game that is about passion it's about hype i have never seen a fighting game in my life have players that are so passionate and so hype about a game and if you want to talk about a game that is solely about people just wanting to beat the ever-living shit out of each other just to prove that they are better than you? That is MVC2. There is nothing else that really matters in that game except for these people beating your ass in the game and being the best at Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Money matches, these rivalries, all these things like that is so... It's just like, it's just... It's such a, 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 an example of how emotionally driven that community has. And it's amazing. It's awesome. And I love it. And when MVC3 came out and people said, okay, let's pick up MVC3. We'll stop playing MVC2. The whole time I was like, why? Why keep playing MVC2? Keep playing MVC2. Dude, Viper calling out Neo, pop off. Not only popping off but also quoted word for word in a Kotaku article. In a Kotaku article, man. That whole thing was written word for word in a Kotaku article. That was so cool. But honestly, if MVC2 can get a revival, that would be perfect. And one of the reasons why it has that potential for a revival, and again, take a look at this, is because you have someone like Yipes backing it up, right? The fact that Yipes can actually pull this off and he has the clout and he has the connections and everything like that to be able to pull off this kind of revival for MVC2. MVC2 needs a revival. Man, that game just should not have ever gone anywhere. Like, let's get this game back on the map, shall we? Even Tom Cannon was talking about it and he was like, Man, that was so cool watching this and like MVC2, like let's keep some traction going for this game. Like, dude, if MVC2 came back to Evo, oh shit. Like, oh my God. Like if it's that point where if Marvel can't shut down MVC2 and Evo was like, fuck y'all's Marvel, we're bringing back Marvel versus Capcom 2. Dude, that would be so sick, dude. Someone, that would be so sick. Dude, I would love to see MVC2 with a revival. 
and that would be really, really cool. So let's bring MVC2 back, man. Let's bring MVC2 back. If MVC2 can get a revival, shout-outs once again to Yipes. And shout-outs to everybody who's doing a good job with it. And, like, I talked about this, right? It's always the players that are going to make a game. It's always the players that are going to make a game. And if, if Yipes and freaking Neo and Smooth Viper and Executioner and Josh Wigfall and Sanford Kelly and, and you know, and, and all these Justin Wong and all the old school MVC2 players, like, let's get Sue Mighty back out here. Fuck it. Let's, do, let's get Clockwork back out here. Like, if these guys all came back and played, you had better damn bet that we are all going to watch this shit again because it is just going to be so hyped. MVC2 is so hype, dude. It's just, it's going to be so cool. And Evo Retro would be awesome, dude. Evo Retro would be super, super cool. But it's tough. Because if you have an Evo Retro, then you're basically going to have it so that people kind of have to decide which of the two to go to or which of the three to go to. And it's kind of a, a tough situation. If they could somehow integrate a retro side thing to Evo Worlds, that would be cool. That would be really, really cool. So... And on top of that, on top of MVC2, let's bring back Marvel vs. Capcom 3 as well. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Because I still love that game too. In fact, I think we should have Marvel events. I think this should just be a tournament that has UMVC3, MVC2, make MVC2 the, the, the main event, put MVCI in there, put fucking X-Men vs. Street Fighter in there. Let's just do it. Maybe that'll pull Dogface out of retirement and Dogface can go and win some X-Men versus Street Fighter 2, X-Men versus Street Fighter tournaments. Fuck it, let's put NBC1 in there and have Arturo Sanchez come back out and try to beat everybody in that game too. If we could just have an all Marvel event, an all versus tournament, yo, that would be so sick. That would be so hype. I would love that shit. So like if somebody can actually organize something like that, I think that would be super, super cool. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I would love to see that. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 may not be Marvel 2, but it ended up in a fucking fantastic place. And I think that game is so great on its own. And I just like, I would love to see an all Marvel event. MVCI, UMVC3, Marvel 2 as like the main events and then just have X-Men versus Street Fighter, MVC1. Um, let's just do Marvel superheroes and Children of the Atom. Why not? Let's just throw one for all. Like, it should be super cool. X-Men, uh, uh, Marvel versus Street Fighter. Let's just put them all in there. I think that would be super, super close. So, uh, I, dude, if Yipes is close to that, dude, Look, Yipes, Michael, Michael, Mr. Mendoza, Mr. IFC, MML Yipes, Man Myth Legend Yipes, come talk to me, boy. Come talk to me, okay? Because I will fucking help you with whatever you need on that, okay? Let's do this shit. Let's do this shit, okay? All right. If we can get all the Marvel games in event, that would be awesome. So let's bring back Ultra Street Fighter 4 and Marvel vs. Cap- I'm sorry, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Uh, there's also kind of a mini revival coming for uh, Capcom vs. SNK 2. And uh, Capcom vs. SNK 2 is an interesting situation because the guy who keeps that game alive and keeps running event is Boss. For probably obvious reasons because he wins all the tournaments. 
but you know, you know, that's it's not a bad hustle, man. Just you know, run a CVS two tournament at Combo Breaker, make your money for traveling there, go back and have fun. You know, I think that'd be kind of cool. I think that's kind of cool. But uh, CVS two is also another game that's uh, you know trying to build up a little bit of revival. I know Silent Scope, who has done a lot for ST, has been trying to do a lot of stuff for CVS two as well. He's been playing that a lot. Uh, there are a lot of uh, old school players who are playing that. I remember at CEO, uh, a lot of good uh, CVS2 players playing there as well. So let's, uh, I mean, if CVS2 can bring stuff back, let's do it. Um, look, I don't have to say much about the Vampire Savior community because they're always doing a great job. I don't have any, you know, false beliefs that Vampire Savior is going to grow any bigger than it is. But the players that are playing it are very dedicated. It's such a fun, crazy, wacky-ass game. Like, that's a game you fall in love with, right? You play Vampire Savior, and you just fall in love with the game. Because there's it's just the, the care and love put into that game is, like, from the, from the production side of it, and even just from the fans, just everything about that game. It's hard not to love the game once you start playing it. It's hard not to just fall in love with the characters and the animations and everything about that game. So the community is out there. They're still doing their thing. They're still working strong at it. Again, another game that Combo Breaker does a great job for use, you know, for having it be kind of like the, the, the annual big event for Vampire Savior. So if you guys can you know, hit up Vampire Savior, if you want to learn it, there's a great community out there that's willing to play. So there's a, a lot of great stuff. It's really, really hard, but it's worth it. It is definitely worth it. Um, another game that's being still played a lot at a lot of uh, anime events, of course, is Guilty Gear Accent Core Plus R. A lot of people playing the 2X game, not the Xrd game, 2X, XX. A lot of people still playing XX um, out there. So they're doing a, a good job keeping that game alive. There's still definitely a hardcore scene for Guilty Gear Accent Core. So hopefully people can keep that alive. Uh, keep, keep playing that Accent Core Plus R. Keep that game alive. Uh, the last old school game I'm going to mention, and I just want to throw a shout out and a bone to them because they're actually doing a really awesome job, like really kind of putting this game into people's notice, which is Sailor Moon S. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's actually kind of funny that uh, Sailor Moon S has actually been, um, they've been doing a good job keeping this game alive. I think it's hilarious that at Canada Cup that uh, they taught Shao Hai how to play it and then Shao Hai won. <laughs> I think that's pretty damn funny. It's an old Super Nintendo game. It's Kusoge as fuck, right? It's just super broken. Every character is super broken. But it's just one of those games that's just super fun to play. Uh, it's just, it's just, it, I haven't played it myself yet, but you know, you, you talk to the Sailor Moon players and they're super passionate about that game and it's, it's actually pretty cool. It's actually pretty fun. Uh, yeah, if that brings up TMNT as well, that would be awesome. If that could bring up TMNT fighters on the Super Nintendo, which is another fighting game that's super busted, I think that would actually be pretty damn funny. So those are all the old school games that I feel like, you know, have a continuing scene right now that are still being played a little bit right as little as it was alpha 3 obviously just had the uh, 30th anniversary events happen and then uh, CVS 2 has had some tournaments ultra street fighter 4 is always still played at a lot of tournaments as well like at NEC etc at a lot of big E events etc etc and Sailor Moon is being played in a lot of places 
Uh, I don't know if a lot of other games are having any revivals. I mean, Mark of the Wolves, KOF 98 or 2002 or whatever like that would actually be uh, really, really cool. You know, any one of those games. Uh, there's one last game that I do have on my list that I do want to talk about. Uh, this is because the game hasn't come out yet. And that, of course, is Dead or Alive 6. Now, Dead or Alive 5 has always had a small scene, uh, really largely helped by uh, Big E, uh, always showing support to DOA 5. And there's a small enough scene out there. And I'm really, really interesting, interested to see what's going to happen with Dead or Alive 6. It's really going to be interesting to see how this goes. I would really like to see if this game can come out and really kind of carve its own niche into the... Uh, here, Jasmine, stop mooning the camera again. Oh, look at you. Oh, now you want belly rubs. Oh, Jasmine almost never does this. Oh, oh, good girl. Good girl. But uh, Dead or Alive 6, I'd be really interested in seeing how this works out, how this comes out if people actually get into this if it can actually hit because dead or alive 5 definitely hits an audience that i think is very tangential to the fighting game community if dead or alive 6 can be kind of like a gateway drug into the fighting game community for a lot of people i think that would be awesome i think that would be very very cool i would be really excited about that and yes people did bring something up that i did forget about to put on my list, and I'll add it to the list here. The other game that kind of showed up out of nowhere and has the chance to come out and do some awesome stuff is Samurai Showdown. Uh, I can't even remember which version this is, but um, is this one 6 as well? Samurai Showdown 6? Uh, but a new Samurai Showdown game. Really excited about that. If they can pull this right, Samurai Spirits, right? which is the Japanese name, so I guess they're just going to reboot it into Samurai Spirits for both uh, areas now, kind of like how they tried to do the uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and Biohazard 7 Resident Evil kind of thing. But if Samurai Spirits, if it can come back with even just a fraction of how awesome Samurai Showdown 2 is. And again, that's my favorite Samurai Showdown 5. There's a lot of people that love 5. So if they can even pull off uh, like a good 2 slash 5 kind of hybrid game, like that would be amazing. I think it would be really, really cool to see uh, a new Samurai Spirits and a new Samurai Showdown game uh, get in there and, 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 and cause some damage. Now. Uh, it's really, really scary here because what is this? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. I just talked about 30 fighting games. And this is why the fighting game community is in a good place. This is why the fighting game community is never really ever going to go anywhere. Right? Even if it fails as an esports, even if it fails to become an industry where people can live off of this kind of thing. 30 games that are potentially playable and fun games to play, you know, from ranging from new to old, the fighting game community is always going to be around, right? It will be a shame if, you know, people can't make this a career because, uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like that brings out the best in a lot of competition. You know, we, we get these storylines, people traveling, we get all these situations where people get to play against each other and, 
you know, travel all the time and we get these storylines of like, you know, knee versus Kudans and or was it knee versus JDCR? It was knee versus JDCR that they had a slight beef or something like that, I think. Uh, but then they like shook hands and everyone was like, oh my God, it's like crazy. But like, um, dude, it, it would be awesome if Virtual Fighter, if there was a new Virtual Fighter. Be cool if they made a new Virtual Fighter. That's the one that uh, is kind of missing right now from the whole entire thing. If we could get a new Virtual Fighter, that would be really, really, really cool. So. So, yes, Gentle Snow saying that the fact that FGC is so fractured over games is a detriment too. MOBAs have a ton of players and barely support three games. If FG publishers pack up, will be a sad day. Yes, it's, it's, it's a really, really interesting situation. 30 games here, but in my opinion, it sucks, but it's the right way to do it to have tiers of the fighting games. I talked about the big five. If Street Fighter V, Tekken 7, Dragon Ball Fighters, MK11, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate dominate the fighting game community, and all the other 25 games that I mentioned are all kind of like the side games, I think that might make it work. I think that'll make it so that it can sustain itself that way. Um, it sucks because a lot of people would like, for example, Eunice to be bigger, Soul Calibur to be bigger, uh, you know, the Guilty Gear to be bigger, etc. But we have this kind of life cycle where things cycle. By the time a new Guilty Gear comes out, maybe we can drop, you know, one of the games and then, and then Guilty Gear becomes one of the big five, etc., etc. And kind of the pattern of the way the fighting game community rolls, I think works okay. I think it's sustainable. I think it, it, it can survive this way and I, I like it that way I kind of like the fact that we have this variety because it keeps people on their toes does it splinter communities yes it does it causes a lot of problems it's what killed the fighting games back in the 90s when there were just too many fighting games and it splintered we do have more players available to play the games right now so I don't think it'll be as likely that we can get splintered as badly but also We've never had 30 fighting games that are actually worth playing, that are actually fun to play. So it's hard to say. Uh, there's definitely a blessing and a curse. I mean, this is not even to mention games like the Gundam games or Virtual On or Windjammers, which are also common games that you see at fighting game tournaments as well. But honestly, I think uh, it would be really, really cool to have, you know, uh, a lot of these games be side events and you know you get tournaments like combo breaker and frosty faustings that do a good job to cater to all the tournaments uh evo was also really you know cooperative with the anime evo the anime evo group and had a whole stream for their tournaments as well i think that's really cool yeah that's true boats and joes brings up a lot of the indie fighting games out there as well i should not uh i should i should not forget the existence of Punch Planet, Omen of Sorrow, Them's Fighting Herds, Rivals of Ether, and Pocket Rumble. Five more independent fighting games that absolutely deserve to be looked at as well. As well as something like Brawlhalla, right? So Brawlhalla's out there as well. There are just so many games out there to play. And what's nice about that is that, you know, regardless of what the game is, if it's something that they learn to play, if you are a part of any one of those 36 scenes that I have now mentioned during the course of this as, as particular games to be called out, if you are a part of any of those 36 scenes 
and you are finding people learning to play your game who are not part of the fighting game community, who are coming from outside that discovered Punch Planet just through happenstance or discovered Omen of Sorrow through happenstance. You know, try to show them that this world exists, that the fighting game community is out there. Let them into the scene and, and, and show them that this whole awesome community exists out there. So it doesn't matter which of the 36 games they play that brings them into the FGC. If they get into the FGC, that just m makes it that much better. The more people, the better, because the FGC is an awesome place. And it's, 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 everybody who's ever traveled to an event has always told me the same thing and that the fighting game community is so awesome. Like what they see on social media and in Twitch chat is night and day compared to what they see at the actual event. People enjoy the actual events so, so much. And so if we can get people going to events, locals, majors, not majors, Evo, Capcom Cups, IPS finals, you know, these kind of things, Tekken World Tour finals in, Bel in Amsterdam. If we can get anybody going to any of these things and they get to experience the fighting game community, I mean, that's a win-win. That's just absolutely a win-win. I think that would be really, really, really cool. I think that would be a lot of fun uh, um, to get more people in there and to get more people to, to love the fighting game community. And, you know, I've often been the kind of person that, you know, talks about a rising tide, you know, raises all boats. I'm, I'm, I'm always for that whole... I, I hate the fact that Twitch chat for fighting game communities is like 50% people talking shit about other games that aren't on the current stream, and then like 25% of people talking shit about the game that is currently on stream... <laughs> And then 25% of people posting memes or copy pastas and stuff like that. Like, I just think it's a shame that, you know, there is so much negativity on the outside of fighting games. Like, there's so much positivity on the inside of fighting games, but on the social media, on the internet side of things, it's just so goddamn negative and it's so painful to see and it's so annoying. It's so annoying. So... And yeah, it, it just happens so much. And like, and yeah, people shitting on, I mean, like you can't help but people shit on players. Like that's going to happen, right? I mean, I've watched sports and I'm just like, fuck this basketball player. This guy sucks. This guy fucking sucks. Can't fucking hit a free throw to save his life. Ah, you know, kind of thing like that. That's going to happen. But like having people just talking shit about each other's games just is really toxic in, in that, all that people who come into the fighting game ever see are the bad things about every game, right? Street Fighter is so brain-dead and simple, it's random. Oh, shout-outs to Gruff Gridoff uh, for the bits. Uh, I'll give... You can tell me which of my cats to give a treat to. Um, uh, do you want me to give a treat to Jasmine or Nathan? But, uh, yeah, they all still love hype moments. And wouldn't that be cool if that was kind of like what the majority of chat was? Like, I think that would be really, really cool, so. Jasmine. Jasmine, up here. Up here, baby. Come here, Jasmine. Come here, Jasmine. Come up, Jasmine. Come on, Jasmine. Come up here, Jasmine. Jasmine. Oh, there you go. There you come. There you come. 
Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> Good girl. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, so, you know, it's, again, this is going to fall on deaf ears, asking people to, you know, try to be very, you know, try to be more positive in Twitch chats. It's, it's, a, it's a hopeless thing to ask, but it'd be really cool. Give treats to James Chen. Okay. Uh, I'll do it later off stream. I'll do it off stream. Yeah, there's Final Fantasy Dissidia as well. That's a, that's a, that's a 37th game I can talk about. So for sure, for sure. Jasmine demands more treats. Huh? Man, you guys are going to make my cats fat. Here you go, Jasmine. Oh. <laughs> You are such a sweetheart. You are a sweetheart. You are a sweetheart. Um, but uh, again, it would be nice if we, like I said, it's an impossible ask, but it would be nice if we could get the communities, you know, to, to, to be more positive about each other's games. I think that's really, really cool. So, <clears throat> yeah, I know, Castle Geek Skull. You're telling me to actually go get dinner or something like that, which I'll do right after this stream. So, but again, I've been rattling off for three hours. I really didn't expect to be going off for this long on, on this. But uh, if you guys uh, really enjoy this content and you want me to tell me, if you want me to tell you to suck my nuts, you can subscribe to my stream and uh, I will definitely give you all your own custom suck my nuts message. Um. One hundred treat for Nutacon. You can give one to me at Frosty Faustings. Okay, okay. Um, but again, if you guys appreciate this content, like I said, I'm gonna try to stream a lot more this year. Please keep me honest on the stream. I will be doing uh, as much as I can. But uh, uh, if you want to sub, you can always use the Twitch Prime, or you can sub. There's the sub button that's right down there. You can also uh, use exclamation mark subscribe in the chat. That uh. So if I do subscribe like this, there's a link that you can subscribe to my channel as well. Like I said, I'm going to try to stream a lot more, bring you a lot more content in the next coming few days. Also, you can donate if you want as well. And if you want to support me and get cool shirts like this Shun Goku Sats shirt right here, this is a Raging Demon shirt. You can do that by going to the 86th link that Boats and Joes just triggered in the chat. Anything you buy there will also help support me as well. But Happy New Year's to everybody. Uh, again, I'm going to try to keep doing a lot more content. If you see me skipping streams a lot, just call me out uh, on Twitter at jchenzor. Follow me on Twitter as well. Let me know. Tell me you said you were going to stream more. Jinzen, thank you for the bits. Uh, if you want me to give a treat to a cat, let me know. If you want me to give it to Jasmine or Nathan, uh, just let me know. Uh, thank you, Darnell. Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, again, a lot more stuff coming this year. Uh, hopefully, I will get to Montreal this year. If there is a DreamHack Montreal, I'm not sure. Uh, stubborn AE uh, shirtless stream will definitely require a lot of donation. Uh, we'll see what happens. So, in any case, 
Uh, I will do another stream soon that is just going to be talking about my plans for the year and content that I plan to, to make throughout the year. So look out for that. I'll either do that tomorrow or on Friday. So that should be a lot of fun as well. So uh, thanks, guys, for uh, hanging out here and enjoying the first Uncensored of the year. Uh, have a good night to everybody, and I will see you guys soon. Again, this has been uh, Jay Chenzor on twitch.tv slash jchenzor, which is used to be called the Chen Dynasty, probably going to be changed to be called the Delta Chen Squad or something like that at some point in time coming soon. So uh, more on that on the next stream that I do in any case. So thanks, guys. I will talk to you guys later. Have a good night, and peace out. Great New Year's, everyone. But, 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 I will remind everyone that everybody knows the real New Year's is coming in the first weekend of February. Everybody knows that. So, thanks for watching some Uncensored. And if you don't think that February has the real New Year's, you can suck my nuts, assholes. See you guys. Oh, shout outs to Backstreet Boys for the donation. Thank you. Peace out, everybody. Woo!